Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I love video games for this reason over all other art forms. They do a thing which no other art form does, right? No other art form does. You cannot be bad at watching a movie. You cannot be bad at listening to an album. But you can be bad at playing a video game, and the video game will punish you and deny you access to the rest of the video game. (laughs) No other art form does this. You've never read a book, and three chapters in, the book has gone, what are the major themes of the book so far? Well, I, I, I don't know, I wasn't paying closer. Boom. Oh, Jesus, come on! <laughs> You've never been listening to an album. After three songs, the album has gone, dance for me. Show me how good your dancing is. You're dancing good enough. You go, is, is, is this good enough? And the album has gone, no, and stopped. have it located it this is where the fun begins <laughs> welcome to dearly debated uh the show where you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong i think i have solved some of these okay. sound level issues so hopefully this the sound is not as uh there we go exploding out uh, as it is sometimes and i think my sound effects are I, i've turned the sound effects up so they're actually like hello there reasonably level um hello there so, uh, of course, I have a new one which I think is going to be used a lot. It's incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> what are they chanting in the background? They're, they're just chanting, You suck! You suck! You! It's incredibly disrespectful! Uh, so just, good. Just do the laughing with a bunch of different pitches. That one's, that one's the greatest. <laughs> oh, this is Mateo's first uh, taste of this. Oh my god. <laughs> it's incredibly disrespectful. All right. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully the sound quality in this one is a little bit better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we talked about uh, some maybe some new segments, um, regular, or se- regular or semi-regular segments will be rolling out, kind of give the um, give us a little more structure, which we always say. <laughs> We're always like, well, we want to be a little more structured, and then it just evolves into us yammering for two hours, which I'm okay with at the end of the day. Um, so, I decided uh, to, instead of doing uh, This Week in History, maybe, um, I would uh, be a little bit more productive than just looking up what happened uh, a while ago and instead watch a classic movie that I've never watched before and then write a pseudo-review of it in a, in, a, in a wonky style and then read that to you guys and have you guess what movie I reviewed. And of course, uh, towards the end, I'll give you easier and easier hints. Um, but uh, well, I guess we should start out. So this one, I, I, I had already seen this movie. Um, so we, I wasn't sure if we were going to podcast this week, and I've been really busy, so I didn't have time to actually watch a movie this week. 
however, uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm your primary host. My pathetic grandfather's deck has no cards, Nathaniel Evanson. That was what your first name before your first name. We usually do middle names. <laughs> we usually do middle names. You can do middle name, or you can just do like a, a line. Uh, well, I am Greg. Back in the day, friends. I am Matea. Is totally not a twelve-year-old boy, McKesson. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, we verify that? That is also accurate. Yeah, wondering. She's being honest. Can't confirm. All right. So I'm going to put on a little music to set the mood. And I'm going to read this, and you guys are going to guess what movie am I talking about. There we go. The Dane rolled into my office like an almond M&M. Colorful and sweet on the outside, but nuts to the core. She started babbling about her husband. Some military muckety-muck that ended up on the wrong side of the change of command. It was hard to tell my Latin ain't is great since I got kicked out of Catholic school. I found the guy, playing in some highfalutin fight club. Some Trump in the crowd held out a thumb like a hot dog on a pine cone. Tall, dark, and handsome launches into a monologue. Might be beef between him and old hot dog hands. It's just as well. The fellow looks like he couldn't sing if Pavarotti himself gave him lessons. Scuffle broke out. They drew knives like some sort of street gang. I drew my revolver and stayed back to see what happened. This wasn't my fight. The bearded one that got sausage fingers good, but looks like he booked a one-way ticket downtown. Last I saw him, they were camming away over a field of wheat. Last time I ever visited Italy for at least 2,000 years. What movie was I watching? Jeez. Alright, so I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that it has nothing to do with the, this, the theme. You know, I don't, no, think, the I don't theme, think it's a New York What guy. are you talking about? I don't no, no, think, no. I think it's, totally, The theme is totally tangential. Yeah, I think you're just throwing me off the scent with that, which is like all I could think of. I was like, huh, what mob movies have I watched lately? No, no, not, um, not a mob movie. Completely unrelated. Oh, like, oh my god, I'm talking about Pinecone. That was good. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was that was really good. I like that was pleasant to listen to. Um, Field of Dreams. Uh, there was a knife fight, and I sat back. So here's some of the clues: uh, Fight Club, Latin, Italy. So it is a mob. Guy in a crowd holding the thumb out. Nah. Uh, Latin, Italy. Fight. There's no actual Latin in the movie, but it's it's that that gives you the location. And the in the time. What gladiator? No, gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> By the way, slight. If if you're thinking about gladiator, I put a dig of Russell Crowe in there. Uh, guy starts monologuing. That's what he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just as well. Fellow looked like he couldn't sing if Pavarotti himself gave him lessons. Get wrecked, Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I understand how yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay yeah. So that's why that that was just a that was a an example. Of, okay. So that that will be a a segment moving forward. That was good. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was fun to write, and I think it was fun to fun. It was, it was fun, fun to play. It was it was it was a great uh, performance. Good job. Uh, so uh, there won't all be noir. I'm going to do some like old war stories, like Madeira's Rosalie. <laughs> it is hot out here on the war front. Um, I'll find I'll find just find different ways, like different basically different styles of narration. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> you just sounded like you were Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Dear Jenny, <laughs> it's been two weeks since my last letter. <laughs> Okay, I've already seen Shawshank Redemption, unfortunately, so I can't use that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I already have several in mind that I uh, that I've been meaning to get, go and watch that I've never seen before. Um, 
I will help you bear so, that. Yeah. So Gladiator. So uh, you know, classic movie, and I, I saw it for the first time when I was in college. It's funny, I've actually never seen that movie. <laughs> it's actually, it's good. It's a good movie. It's yeah. it's it walks that line of being. Um, it's definitely violent, but it doesn't like revel in the violence. Okay. It's it's just. Uh, something that happens, and it's got a pretty poignant ending, and Russell Crowe's really good in it, and it's very epic. Is that the one that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in? Or is that... Yeah, he's the Emperor. Okay. Yeah. He's old hot dog hands. Take that, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> man, he played a great character in that movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to remember the the ending, which I won't spoil, because I haven't seen it, but... Well, it's oh, a, man, you haven't seen like Gladiator? No. He, he just <gasps> said that. Man, <laughs> I probably just blacked it out because it was such an appalling thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, I haven't seen Braveheart. Just... My roommate was like, I have to kill you now. So I, I haven't <laughs> seen that either, actually. Oh, man. Braveheart, I like Gladiator better than Braveheart. Braveheart was good. I've seen a lot Braveheart's of Gladiator stuff. I just... Gladiator's an easier story to wrap your head around. And it's really well told. Okay. I think it's better yeah, than... Gladiator is like, it doesn't waste any time. So some yeah. of these older movies, which, you know, they were really, really good stories, but there is some Yeah, there's a lot. Fluff. Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, Naomi's like, I hate Lord of the Rings. It's so boring. All they do is walk and talk. Like, oh there my. For the How day. are you related to me? <laughs> How are you related to anybody? How are you a human being? I kind of understood what she was saying because yeah. they no, walk and talk. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. I, 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 do, I do get it, but at the same time. But I love it. <laughs> How can you not? I can we can just have an entire episode where I talk about Lord of the Rings. Honestly. Oh, we could definitely yeah. do that. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to sneak in like lines from The Hobbit. You're just going to get angrier and angrier. Oh, and you won't know why. As far as like. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Not going to get into it. Those ways are unmatched. Anyway, so Greg, Greg is thinking about with a, what a segment about sports. We're going to figure out because Greg is our, our resident sports man, sports ball guy. Which <laughs> what I, that I means is I'm the only one who sports. generally n- watches sports like vaguely. <laughs> like I'm really into NFL. I mean, I'll UFC, watch, and I'll watch everything games, else. But I'm like, like not. I don't. Do the Olympics count? Yeah. I mean, that is sport. Well, okay. The Olympics count. Some of those are sports. <laughs> yeah. uh, massage, I'm sorry, horses. You're majestic, but it ain't a sport. <laughs> Unless one of you, like, dunks on the other one. And then like, I would pay to see horses, like, pay, play basketball and like, dunk on each other. That would be pretty Air bud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what would, what would be, uh... I mean, also, also this year in the Olympics, it's, it's going to be so strange. I mean, there's like no high fives or hugs. Some spectators. Or there's like half the people hate the U.S. that are playing for the U.S. We got men oh playing women's sports. Oh my gosh, did you, see, uh, did you see George Foreman? George Foreman came out and was like, yeah. George <laughs> Foreman was just like, yeah, I love America. <laughs> like the guy who, who grew up like... Oh, the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah the box. In US. the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Like, during uh, yeah. Jim Crow era stuff. And he's like, no, I love this country. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's 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 gonna be an interesting yeah. Olympic year. Let's just say, yeah, be a, a bizarre. I, I do think it really. I, I, yeah, I don't want to spend time on this. This year's summer. Yeah, summer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was supposed to be last year. But I, I prefer got... Winter Olympics personally. I, honestly, I kind of do too. <laughs> like, okay, so the the thing I. I like the one sport I actually like watching like is swimming because guess what? That's what I did. I, I enjoy yeah. watching soccer too, but the, the Euro Cup and I watched some of the Euro Cup and uh, Cup <clears throat> America, and it was really good soccer. <laughs> the, the, the best part was so Argentina won, and it's Messi's first Wait, win on an. On that, that's that's the Copa America, right? Yeah, in the Copa America. Okay. Euro Cup was also really good. Yeah, like England got to the finals. I don't think they won the finals. Yeah, no, England they, lost to Italy. They lost to Italy. Yeah, yeah. And so many games went to PKs. It's oh, insane. Yeah. But Argentina beat Brazil to win Copa America, 
And that is the first time that Messi, who is arguably the best player ever, has who's just phenomenal. And, who, and when I was in Argentina in 2011, I was getting empanadas, and there was a newscast on, so I was listening to the newscast, and they were talking about how Messi had a bad year, and they're all just like, is it time for Messi to retire? And I'm like, uh, no, it's not. You're out of your mind. It's like, he's having a bad year. That doesn't mean you should retire. Ten years later, ten years later, I was right, and all these uh, Argentine newscasters were wrong. Get wrecked. Exactly. Take that, Argentina. I'm better Get than wrecked. you. All right, what are we talking about? Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> when we right, finish the story about the Copa America. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they're playing, right? And it, this is a really, really brutally aggressive game. So many yellow cards. They're just going all out. And uh, little brother Joel is pointing out, uh, Messi and Ronaldo play on the same cup uh, league team. So, like, they got to duke this out and, then, like, all this aggression. And then they got to go play with each other on the same team. <laughs> this is amazing. Why are you guys not talking to each other? He, why won't you... Me- Messi, why won't you pass the ball to Ronaldo? He knows why. <laughs> he punched the me in the recent, face yesterday. Uh, Brazil-Argentina game, you know, everybody was wondering how Messi and Neymar were going to play together, and then and it was really sweet at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so there's there's one guy on the Argentine team. I think it's Rodiel. I might be uh, misremembering his name, but I think it was Rodiel. And it, it, it's towards the end of the game, and he just looks battered. Like he just looks exhausted, beaten up. And he gets knocked down. Uh, they call penalty on the other guy. He gets up, and Argentina, the team that is white and blue, gets up, and his sock is completely red. <laughs> and you're like, jeez. Oh and he's just like lying on the ground at the end of the game. And you're like, you know, he's just sitting there like, it's okay, coach. Kill me now, coach. I'm done. Take me out. Do it. Kill me. Do it. 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 <laughs> the gladiator just starts flying over <laughs> the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was uh, <laughs> poor Rodeo. I mean, he, he gave everything for that game, but it, it was a really good game. It's a really good soccer. So I do sport occasionally. I just don't follow any team regularly. Mm-hmm. But for the Olympics, I care about the swimming. That's about it. Gymnastics will be like, oh, wow, yeah, they're really talented, and then move on. <laughs> I, think, I think I have more fun watching sand volleyball than indoor volleyball, but... I follow more indoor volleyball. Is that because of the bikinis? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's because it's more dynamic. Yeah. You have to run around the court. Yeah, yeah. And... I know. I, I agree. It's it's more interesting. The the sand. Yeah. Uh, dynamic. That's, that, that's how I put yes. it. Yes. Yeah. I also, I also, I don't know. I like two on two better than the team. Yeah, team, team it just gets muddled and I lose track of what's going on. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to, fo- to follow two on two. It's, you know, you're doing everything by yourself. No. Yeah. Essentially. Right. So today's topic serious. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's been a while. Okay, so it's been a while since we podcasted. I've still got two in the hole that'll come out before this one. Um, we're recording end of July, basically the twenty fifth. No, no, it's the twenty. It better not be the twenty fifth. I have a paper. It's the twenty third. Yeah, I was gonna say the twenty third. I don't know when it is. Oh, I, just, I just look at my phone. Twenty third. It's wait. Someone called me. What the heck? Uh, potential spam. Someone we're good. We're good. Me. We're good. Potential spam. God speaks, Spider-Man. By which I mean burning hell. Uh, robocalls. Unbelievable. We're talking about video games. No, about video games. Yes. Uh, I should have like a bleep bloopy. Um, I don't have like any video game stuff on here. I guess Spider-Man has some video games. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good way to justify any <laughs> Spider-Man soundbite. Oh, there's a video game. Oh, there's a Star Wars game. <laughs> there's a sight game. Come on, boys. I don't know. Not that one. The Room of the Titans game. Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? <laughs> Uh, it's been a while. I, I don't know. I, uh, was there an Inception game? 
just just move along. Okay. Uh, Stop getting distracted. Stay on target. You need that. Stay on target. Give me one button that I can click and just says stay on target. Porkins. So uncivilized. Porkins, pull up. Done with it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we're talking about uh, video games, just some stuff we've been playing uh, re- uh, recently. Greg and I have both been kind of uh, going back and I guess retro gaming. Yeah, Ashley, a- Ashley would uh, would would uh, consider herself a curmudgeonly retro gamer. I think she's used that exact phrase. Probably curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly <laughs> she retro does gamer. Use that word pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah, she says curmudgeonly a lot about herself. <laughs> she likes big words. Yes, she is a writer. Yeah. Oh, that's how she do. <laughs> so so uh, yesterday's Final Jeopardy question, The uh, did you see the, I, I sent a text. I did, but it was a lot of words and I didn't read oh, it. Oh, here, I will read it to you and you will instantly be able to get it. But I was like, did Ashley write something it? about sci-fi? Yeah, some no, sci-fi like it legitimately, I think Ashley might have written it. So here's here's the Final Jeopardy question. I don't think I saw yesterday. It's a, the, the, it was uh, 1970s movies. Writer Dan O'Bannon based a scene on this film on his own Crohn's disease, which felt like things inside him fighting to get out. Alien. <laughs> Uh, like yeah, Ashley definitely wrote this final Jeopardy question. <laughs> so yeah, well thanks to Ashley, I actually know Dan who Dan O'Bannon is that he's the writer of Alien. So I probably could have gotten it anyways from the clues, but um, yeah, he probably would have yelled it out before I did. <laughs> I definitely did. Um, <laughs> anyways, also there was a question about Jimmy Eat World, and then when we were I was driving around today, Jimmy Eat World came uh, the middle. Yeah, that it, that was the answer to one of the questions, and then that song came on today. I was like, huh. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, uh, Greg and I have both been kind of delving back into video game past um, in different ways. Um, so, since I've been yammering, Greg, why don't you... Uh... Yeah, yeah, no. I, I think um, it's funny. This is it, it is typically the way I would say that I game. Like, nowadays, I can't even... I can't even utter the words I'm a gamer because you just get a bunch of like zoomers that are just like they're just so with every game and it's just like all the popular games and like you can't even and 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 we've talked about this a few times gaming has changed a lot in the and and i think there's an element of this that's kind of fun and and there's element that sucks where it's there is an optimal way to do everything there's an optimal way to play most every game now because the internet is so readily involved right so so i'm going to give you an example i play call of duty um war zone which is essentially the the last man standing you know 150 people get dropped into a map battle royale. and yeah battle royale and you're just killing each other and then slowly the people <coughs> die off until there's one left and that person wins i like that format of game i think it's very fun it's a very reused like you can just kind of keep doing it and it's fun uh, i don't really even like call of duty all that much but here's the thing now th- there are several different guns that you can choose as your primary gun but there is like a best essentially hey this is the gun you should use or like one of these two guns and there's like 50 guns but you're not using one of these three guns you're essentially just an idiot and if, when you're using them if you don't soup them up in this way you're not doing it right and that takes so much of the fun out for me because i always want to be unique like when i first got it there i was like you know i'm going to use this really cool burst you know it shoots a three round burst whatever i'm like i'm going to use this one i'm going to soup it up until it's really good and i'm going to be the guy that shoots the burst and they're like no, no, you can't even play this game with that gun. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I want to, you know, I can still then get killed sometimes. There? Yeah, ex- so, the, so then it makes gaming really strange. So when I say that my normal gaming is kind of retro gaming, it's because I get real sick of that real quickly. So, like, I played Fortnite a lot, and I was, I was, you know, unashamedly that guy in Fortnite that was like, you should only use these things. And eventually it just got boring, and I mean, Fortnite itself just got terrible. But mostly when I go to play video games, I, I'm just one of those guys that doesn't throw out his video games. Like, I, I, I don't have, like, I a, a modded PC for 64. Like, I actually have a Nintendo 64 with an accumulation of games 
I have a, a Wii that I use as a GameCube. And then I have a PlayStation 3, a PlayStation 4, an original Xbox. That's kind of where all my gaming I takes place. I have a PS2 place. and a bunch of games. You want them? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll take it for sure. No, um, I have a bunch of PS2 games, but my PS2 doesn't have a charger. Oh no! <laughs> but but so when when I get in when I start playing a video game, it's usually me going back and saying, you know, I'm gonna get into you know whatever. I'm gonna replay Donkey Kong 64 um, or something. And and what a, what and a and. Anyways. And, and uh, well, it made me so sad. I'll talk about it later. But um, so currently, my living situation is just I just moved into a house and I gave Woo. myself a man cave in the garage where I have my N64 set up ready to go. And so I actually have been able to play a bit more N64 lately. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, see, this is how I would generalize games. I would say they, they, for the most part, break up into four categories. And some of them have taken place over periods of time. To where it's like now like these don't make that much sense and these do but this is this is where i would say games fit in you have games that are primarily about story and modern modern one player games have pretty much exclusively moved to this in my opinion like if there was there's big one player at games at least on the um triple a scale yeah yeah it, where it's just like if you're gonna play a, a modern one player game it's usually not for the gameplay like in my but maybe some people find it entertaining but i don't think that most of the time is spent on this is going to be a really fun game to play like like the mechanics of it are going to be enjoyable and you're going to have fun figuring out these puzzles or whatever or problem solving it's mainly going to be how can we progress the story and then you're going to mash a bunch of buttons in between and it's funny because i can enjoy a game enough <laughs> through the, for the story and not really care about it see god of war in my opinion is a really, really interesting storyline. I mean, I could watch it like a movie. But the actual gameplay, in my opinion, is, is just... You're mashing. You, you're, just, you're just mashing buttons. You're like, oh, I got this bigger weapon, then mm -hmm. I can hit buttons harder, and he swings bigger and hits big bad guys. And you, whatever, yeah. you just click a whole bunch of buttons, and then it, and then it happens. <laughs> Literally God of War yeah. I, uh, audio I have right here. <laughs> it's And so, it's funny, because back in the day... I think store, uh, games that had good stories were super like kick-ass. They were amazing because they focused so hard on the mechanics of the games back then. Because it was about, hey, this is how the game functions. This is we have to make this entertaining. Like we have to make it challenging, and it's about problem solving and solving these puzzles. And if there happened to be a good story mixed in there with there, it became this amazing game. This is why Ocarina of Time, you know, for the Nintendo 64, is widely considered one of the greatest games of all time. I have a confession to make. You've never played it. Oh, I played it. Oh, you don't like it. I didn't say that. Okay, I was. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm guessing. I have not got past the, past the Great Deku Train. Oh, and well, it's not because I, it's not because I was like, I don't know what to do. Isn't that Majora's Mask? No, no, that is the first dungeon you could oh, do. Oh come on! Okay, no. so here's what happened. I had on 3DS. Yeah. And I played it, and I, I just it, it, see the 3DS just kind of cycled out of the things I play. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, I did Breath of the Wild as well, and I got off the tutorial area, and then I'll I'll boot up Breath of the Wild. And I'll play it for five minutes, and I'll get killed by a killable camp and be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and so I'll go play something else. <laughs> well, see, like, that, that, was, that was the excitement of playing Legend of Zelda-type games back in the day. It's because, I mean, yes, you could if you were, like, if you, if, you were, if you had access to it. You could still Google or look things up online. But for the most part, you were just kind of on your own trying to figure out how the story progresses. And it's fun as far as how the game is playing. I mean, you're this young, you know, person who's acquiring materials, shields, swords, slingshots, different things to help yourself get past. There is an Abigail back there. I kept seeing something, and I was like, what am I seeing? Oh, it's, it's an Abigail. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, 
so so like the actual playing itself is super enjoyable but the story is you can latch onto it right like there's all kinds of cool characters you know there's link there's you know his horse that he gets he's trying to save this princess he makes friends you know like the the, the story itself progresses in, in a really entertaining way and so in my, in my opinion sorry i'm going to go through the games again so you have games that focus on story and back in the day i think you didn't get a lot of these primarily they were based on like they were based on mechanics which is my second list which is games that are based on mechanics which nowadays I don't think you get a ton of I think it's swung in the other direction where you play one player games now and it's very rare that you're like oh like I could just go back and play that level over and over again I had that with so many like 64 games and GameCube games where it's like I could just go play these levels because they're so much fun to play and in modern day games it's like I'm just so happy when I'm past the level because it's so annoying mm -hmm. they're probably just like a bunch of these spawned like computers and then you get past it and you're like I just want to see what happens next in the story or it gets repetitive and it's really you know it, it's a, like like um, Injustice Injustice 1 and 2 are two of the greatest storylines in DC in my opinion like because DC movies are trash <laughs> the, but the, if you just watch the cinematic cutscenes for Injustice 1 and 2 the video games you'll be like this is amazing why don't they make a movie about this like the characters they're are making cool. a TV show it's the, the, it's gonna be bad. It's well, gonna be bad. Gonna be bad. Um, but the actual playing, it's like, oh, it's a two day two D scroller. So you're you're just fighting back and forth, kind of like Marvel versus Capcom. And it's like, okay, at first you're like, okay, this is cool, and then you're like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I got through three percent of the game. I got to do this for another ninety seven percent. Okay, I just want to race through it and just see all these cutscenes because they're great. Yeah. Um, and then I would say. The third category would be games that are meant to play with other people, multiplayer games, which look different, but they still like kind of have the same function nowadays. Where you have games like Fortnite and Call of Duty um, and League of Legends, like like things that should be played online with friends, and that that some of them at least have a one-player option, but primarily that's made to be used like as an online multiplayer. Whereas back in the day, you had things like Star Fox. Uh, well, Star Fox had a one-player game, but you had things like Mario Kart, um, Super Smash Brothers. Um, Mario Party that were intentionally made to be played with other friends. Mario Party. Mario Party rip. Um, Pure garbage. And and so those those started getting big with the N64, which I love because I have four controllers and a cool setup in my garage, so I like having friends over and playing, you know, whether it's Super Smash Brothers or uh, Mario Kart or anything like that. Um, and I would say the fourth one is, and you don't see a ton of these made for this purpose anymore, but I think it used to be big movie like the, the dating sims with nudity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd say games based off of like, off of like whatever some kind of form of media, whether it's a movie or a TV show, right? Oh, there's still plenty of those. Oh, I, I know there are, but but, but they, they basically have they have bigger uses now, right? So you can you can go and play Star Wars Battlefront, and but that game is great regardless whether it's using the Star Wars theme back in the day it was like hey, I this played is... the real Battlefront the, the... to the original Xbox One I, I still have it and the Xbox so, so I, I, I agree well. um, but back in the day especially on N64s when that first started happening when it was like oh my gosh like here's a Bugs Life N64 game I remember renting that from Blockbuster and it just being like oh my gosh this game is useless but like I'm the main Sorry, dude I... from a Bugs Life I'm like running around <laughs> as him and like that was it and then I gave it back two days later and I had a great time I, I like, need to, we need to pause for a second um, cool Matea is very young Matea Blockbuster was the store oh my god <laughs> for all the zoomers out young. there for all the zoomers out there Back before we had the internet. I'm an old Zoomer. Like, I'm an old Gen Z. Back, back before we had the He's internet. He's a Zoomer. Yeah. Back before we had the internet, we had to get in our horse-drawn carriage and, and go down to the store 
um, and you open you would open up the barrel of video games, and hopefully they'd have one you wanted. You had to buy them by the pound. My mom um, would like go through Blockbuster to get all of our movies, and she would literally have to block my eyes out as we were walking through the horror genre. <laughs> oh, I see, just remember my parents see, being like, "Don't look at that; you're gonna get scared." And I believe them because I look over and be like, ah! "See, the thing is, the the Oregon Trail is not actually about uh, going." across the country. It's about trying to get to Blockbuster without getting dysentery. <laughs> um, <Exactly. laughs> um, so, anyways, I think, especially old games in the 64 GameCube era fall into those four categories, where it's like either thematic games that had like a, hey, this is the Lord of the Rings movie, uh, game, or this is the whatever game. Um, and then you had multiplayer games, story games, and and then uh, games that... No are, audience participation, okay, thank you. Stop. Um, then you had games that were based off like their mechanics, and I, like I think it, it, you find really really amazing games when those things cross paths, right? When you get an amazing one-player game that's also got a fun multiplayer, or when you have a thematic game that also had a really great story, or when you have a great story that also has good mechanics. And I think those are where you find really stellar games that it's like this is a generational game, everybody's gonna love it when it. Because I think you can knock any one, like single one of those out of the park, and you're going to be a great game, right? Like, like everybody knows God of War. I mean, it's a very popular game. In my opinion, it's not going to be like in conversation for greatest game ever because it's just a really fun story, and I don't think the mechanics are that exciting. But anyways, for 64 games, I think... Well, that, if, I, if I could just interject there. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm, I, I'm talking And I think that's a, a lot of that is due to um, older games were still very experimental, mm. um, and now it's kind of... Uh, big publishers are kind of playing everything really, really safe. Yeah. So if it's not an established name um, that's done by committee and done by the numbers and everything, you, you can kind of see, it's really interesting to, to look at how AAA titles, which we say AAA, it's like a certain number, certain uh, budget mm-hmm. um, and number of people working on it. But it's like the big stuff, like your Assassin's Creed and your Halos and your yeah. Call of Duties, those are all AAA titles. Um, but but um, they, they've kind of shifted. It used to be like all of them were sandboxes and then all of them were third-person shooters and now all of them are like open-world RPG things where you have to grind for everything. It's really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. That's kind of shifted in that direction. Where okay, and this, 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 okay, Assassin's Creed, right? It has like 19 games in it. Mm-hmm. At some point they decided... It's, it's been basically the same. Um, the first one, like, I played the, fir- the very first one, and it was buggy and weird and re- kind of really fun, but it had a lot of issues. And they came out with Assassin's Creed 2, and you're like, wow, it makes one look like a tech demo. Yeah. But they, they fixed almost every problem, and Assassin's Creed 2 is an excellent mm-hmm. game. Then they had three pseudo-sequels that were with the same guy, uh, Ezio, Auditore, Duffer, and uh, Mario, but stabbing people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so you, you didn't move, like, straight line. Then Assassin's Creed 3 takes place in uh, in uh, colonial America, like around the revolution. Mm-hmm. And you're like, the whole point is you want to climb up and jump off big buildings. We didn't have any of those in colonial America. So you're like jumping from tree to tree and you're like, okay, this is boring. Then uh, Assassin's Creed 4 was like, we're pi- you're a pirate now, you're just a pirate. It's just a pirate game. You're a pirate. Yeah. You stab people, but also you're just a pirate. And it was amazing. And I was like... Literally just like sailing around on a pirate ship, they're singing sea shanties. I'm like, yes, I'm a pirate. This is great. Anyways, they kept going and kept going, and eventually they 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 got up to like um, the French Revolution, and then they decided to go back to ancient Egypt, and they turned it into an RPG where everyone has levels, so you can stab someone with your hidden blade and they won't die. And you're like, excuse me, sir, <laughs> I stabbed you. It is only the 
the gentlemanly thing to, for you to fall on the ground dead now. Are Thank we, you. We're going to go there Have with video game. games. You uh, ever played Mortal Kombat? <laughs> see, okay, so that, but the thing is, like, the series had up until now been a thing where if you sure, can sneak up yeah. on someone and stab them in the head, they die. Right. Like you Kill should. Yeah. Right? So they, they added this level system that just totally, completely, it fundamentally altered how you play the game. And to me, kind of ruined the series. Hmm. Um, and they're still on that track. Um, but then, but but nowadays, and what's 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 actually really great is because it's so much easier to have access to the tools to make video games, and the distribution is so much easier with digital distribution. Mm-hmm. All the story, all the interesting places where story and mechanics are meeting, is in the indie stuff. And I'll give you one example, and then I'll spin it back to you for N64 stuff. It was a game called Papers Please, run, done by one guy named Lucas Pope, who, to my knowledge, only has made two games: that and Return of the Overdin, which apparently was also good. I haven't played it yet. Papers Please. You are literally a bureaucrat sitting in a customs line, and you have to check people going into the country. <laughs> that is the game, and it's amazing. So uh, the whole thing is you're in this like communist country, right? Like Soviet bloc era country called Arstotska, Arstotska, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to check people. And as the game progresses, you have to check like there there start bat. There's some sort of rebellion thing going on that you don't you hear about, but you don't actually you're not involved in. Okay. And. Um, they start adding more and more things you need to check. Like at first you're just checking, okay, is their name spelled correctly on their passport? And then you're checking, is the gender actually match up with what, what it says on the passport? And then you're checking, is their hair color, eye color, are they carrying anything they shouldn't be carrying? And, that, and all these different, you have travel document and work visa and all these different things. And you start, it starts getting, and you have to like get people through because you're trying to feed your family. Mm-hmm. And I lost the first time I played. Because the first time I played, it gives you the option after like the second or third day, it says, some guy's like, hey, We'll give you, you know, 700 bucks and you can go into those nice hotels. So I went to the nice hotel. And they're like, we need the money back. Took the money back. I ended up deep in debt and they got thrown in jail. Oh, my God. And I was like, uh, what the heck? And I felt really bad. because like, my poor family. So- and this is like a pixel art. Literally, you're sitting in one booth watching people move around. And, it, it you know, the guy managed to craft a really mechanically interesting kind of, um, kind of a, like a, a, what are those, um, those books where you would try to find the different things not where's waldo but like the, a search uh, book i don't know like the the spy the spy spy the spy i spy books, i spy yeah the i spy books yeah you know what i'm talking about spy books yeah i guess i don't know it's i know what you're talking about like, i know what they're called yeah it's yeah, kind of like where's Wal- where it's similar to where's waldo yeah same idea right it's kind of like that it's the gameplay and then there's the story about you trying to survive and there's people who are like hey you know i'm trying to reach my family can you just let me through and you have to decide like nope you gotta go and, and like really emotional you interacting with story people but at the same time like I can't raise enough money to feed my family so it was actually like raised some really it raised better moral concerns than any of the uh, binary moral choice system games that I've played in a long time because it was like you have to actually make decisions that impact the story so it was um, it was really really good and it's like 10 bucks on Steam so I rec- highly recommend you go play it it's, it's not very long okay um, but it's super interesting and the uh the music. Oh, the music. Let me just play you a little snippet. It's just... Uh, if, if this doesn't... Um, if this music doesn't just scream... Um, comrade. Comrade. So this is just playing the whole time, and you just check, check, check. It's amazing. 
and the the logos like bouncing up and down to the dun, dun. <laughs> it's it's so good but yeah so so you definitely got to look for and and this is where you have to be careful because indie games store as much garbage as they do good stuff so you know generally if you look at the reviews and they're mostly positive it's probably a good indicator but there's been some really really interesting stuff especially with like solo developers who like the one person did all of this and they did better than this entire multi-million dollar company that put out this garbage year after year after year to the point where Ubisoft, they were putting out Assassin's Creed once every year and they finally said, all right, fine, we gotta stop because sales are down because it's the same garbage over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm trying to think if there's a specific N64 game. So, I, um, when I was a kid, okay, I was a big Pokemon fan when it first started coming out. I mean, who wasn't? I mean, whatever. It, it started coming out, I was like, this amazing, I was as hardcore as a fan as you could be you know, way back then, it was buying the Pokemon cars, watching, watching all the all the all the TV shows and the movies. Um, Yo, Pokemon Stadium Two was litty though. Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium, but the announcer that was what made Pokemon Stadium so good. Playing all the all the games, yeah, and so that's what I'm getting to. Um, and so, even as a kid though, I always thought that the mechanics of how they did all their Pokemon games could have been done better, right? Like. Pokemon are such an exciting, like, they're so much fun. When you watch them in the show, they're just jumping around fighting each other, and they have all these unique movesets. Yeah. And yet, when you play these games, it's like, all right, pick an attack. All right, now he's going to pick an attack. <laughs> all right, you, and I remember even as a kid playing the, the Game Game Boy game and really not appreciating it until I was a little older, at least a little older than when I was first watching the TV show and liking the cards. Right. I was like, ah, okay, I kind of just, like, it's fun when you catch a new one, and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's a really rare one I caught it. But the actual game, I was like, well, this is kind of like, it's kind of boring. Like, I have a bigger attack or I'm a higher level, I automatically win. It's like, later in life, I really, really, like, loved those games. But as a kid, I was kind of disappointed. So when, when Pokemon Stadium come out, came out, I thought it was going to be, like, a real, you're battling these Pokemon, <laughs> you're pressing <laughs> buttons, and it's the same exact thing. Now, I still, you know, loved it. I, I enjoyed it because now you can actually see the Pokemon in these graphics that were great. Although, they couldn't make any of them just say their name like they had to have had access to the sounds well because they had the, just, they had the um the announcers saying stuff yeah i mean i mean and half the time the announcers like would say it would say oh uh, my god it's like it was it gave me big wrestling vibes they were not saying, oh, oh, he's smooth. going down that, <laughs> i can't it's even super, it's super effective he hung on by the skin of its teeth no like yeah the announcer was great and i for sure like it got me into more critical thinking in, in, in how to play those kinds of games. Like, oh, okay, like you, like how much how valuable is speed? How, what about type difference? All these different things. But in my opinion, that's still an untapped market for them. They could make a Super Smash Bros-esque game where it's literally just all the Pokemon. Give them all a unique moveset. Yeah. Like, at least the evolved forms, because you know nobody's going to be like, well, like, let me be... So you know they made a Pokemon fighting game. I know, okay, yeah. It's similar. It's Switch, like, it's like had a super limited roster. But uh, it wasn't for was it for Switch? I thought it was for something else. It was I mean, Switch exclusive or Wii U exclusive. It was like the, the, the like yeah they actually went and beat each other up and fought yeah it was like a it was like a it's it's a similar to like a Mortal Kombat. I mean you're just yeah, you're, it you're made a lot of sense to me. Can't they do like a Super Smash version where it's just yeah that that's Pokemon? always what I've said where it's like you could have a and I know okay well look they're not fainting you're not kicking them off the map I'm like well who cares like like they're fighting Pokemon and they they're great characters they're all very unique. And you're just not getting the most out of them. But I say this because, going back in the time capsule to my N64, uh, I do have Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, but I'm not going to talk about either of those games. I'm going to talk about Pokemon Snap. Ah, uh, they um, released a new version. Really? Like an updated version for Switch, yes. Um, 
uh, so I don't really keep up with Pokemon now. I, I kept up with Gens one and two, and then it's just it just flatlines. I know nothing about the, 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 <laughs> the future generations. Um, but so Pokemon Snap initially comes out right, and I am like, this doesn't make any sense. What a useless game. Just just walk around looking at Pokemon. That's the game. <laughs> I have Pokemon Stadium where you can actually have a little bit of battling. It's fine. But when I actually started playing it, that made way more sense with the Pokemon universe than any of the other games. Because because this is the thing about Pokemon. Everybody liked the card game. It's a hugely popular card game. Not a whole lot of people played it. It was not a very played card game. It was it was something well, like people mostly just collected the cards. Mostly just collected the cards. It wasn't like Yu-Gi-Oh where people are collecting to, to build a specific deck. It was like, oh my gosh, I got a Charizard. Let's put it in my binder and never touch it again. You know, like that was the whole thing. And and you were just yeah, trying to catch them all. Like you were just collecting them. Like the game honestly made more sense as a oh my gosh, just look at these things. There are some that are more rare than others. It's kind of just fun to have. But you don't really fight with them at all. You watch the show and there's a little bit of fighting, but it's kind of the same thing in the show too. Like they catch the cooler ones and you're like, oh my gosh, I saw that one in this episode. He caught that one in this episode. And like the fighting's just like, hey, do this one attack and the, the fight's over. So Pokemon Snap to me, it fell way more in that vein than any of the other games that were trying to accomplish the fighting that they weren't doing a good job on. I, still, I think they still do a bad job on. Where Pokemon Snap was like, hey, there are going to be Pokemon all over the place. You have to figure out with the limited tools you have, which is like one is like throw a rock, one's like throw some bait, one's like throw a Pokeball that if you hit a Pokemon with it, it makes them do a specific thing. So you have like all these different things you could kind of toss, and essentially you're just looking around in this, you're in this swiveling chair, driving through a, a, like a course that stays the same every single time, and there's the same Pokemon every single time. But you can change the environment by throwing these things. So you're like, okay, when I drive past this bush, I'm going to throw a rock into it. And then all of a sudden, like, a Charmander jumps out. You're like, oh my gosh, you got to take a picture of it really quickly. And you're trying to get more interesting pictures of each of the Pokemon. So it's not just like, hey... You, and there's a whole system of, like, if there's two of the same Pokemon in the same shot, it gives you double points. If they're doing something specific, it's double points. If they're eating, uh, that's double points. And so you can toss food. So it's like all these different things you're trying to do to, to get a higher ranking shot. And, and then you get back, and your guy's just like, I want pictures of Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, anyways... <laughs> you serious? <laughs> so, I actually thought the Pokemon Snap did a much better job, and it, it held up for a while, again, until, until the internet, right? So, like, at first, you're going through each of these levels, and you're like, oh my gosh, you kind of have this mindset of, Alright, I figured out this really cool way to take a picture of Lapras or something, whatever. And some one of the one of the maps you drive through this one part where there's a waterfall and I knew exactly what to do to get the Lapras to do something really insane to take a picture and it'd have a super high score. And I'm like, man, I'm so cool. <coughs> and of course nowadays you go to play Pokemon Snap and it's like these are all the best ways to get the best pictures of each Pokemon. This is the best score you can get. And I'm like, <laughs> So that's when um, uh, Abby is text spamming me um, Dark Souls, which I've talked about before, but one of the things about Dark Souls is it's very open-ended, and um, there's a million bosses, there's a million different ways you can go, there's a million different strategies, and there's a lot of stuff you can miss if you don't know to look for it, because it doesn't tell you anything. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I would play a Dark Souls game blind and try to beat it, and... You know, really frustrated but I, you know beat it and then I'd go back and actually look up oh oh if you do this oh oh so then I you know I'd see like oh I, did I find any of this on my own no so like there's something to be said for playing a game blind and then looking up what you're supposed to do I will say <laughs> um, there are a couple games where I've been playing some older games which I'll, I'll get to in a minute but I, there were a couple times where I had to look up a walkthrough because I'm like wandering I'm like I have no idea where I'm supposed to go <laughs> 
So some direction is nice sometimes. Like, I, I feel like if you no, if, if the game detects that you've been walking in circles for 20 minutes, it's just be like, hey, uh, go this way, gut. But it's, it's yeah. true. It, and and a game has to have enough. Like right, you can either kill a game by that, or you can make it really great. Like yeah. so, for instance, um, Twilight Princess. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I, I had it for the game. See, that one I never beat because I got to Ganon's Castle and then I went to college. And I just, uh, See, but like that was the great it. part about that game for me is the fact that you would have these long lulls. I mean, like, long lulls. Like, hey, like, five months ago I stopped at this point and I finally got past it. Or a year ago I put the game in and I picked it back up. But it was such a good story and the game was so much fun that it would always bring you back to it. And I've had games that have just totally killed that for me because I'm like this is just stupid like I don't want to actually have to look up exactly how to beat each level to, to play this game um, I want to be able to get past it which which this is why for the longest time I thought that Donkey Kong 64 was an amazing game until I found out how broken it was which crushed my heart and it's only broken if you really want it like it's basically <laughs> you, there's a lot of trap doors and things that if you like malfunction with the game like oh if you jump off of these three trees right off the bat and then jump into this portal instead of like normally just hopping off the tree which is what you're supposed to do then you jump to like level 12 whatever you know you, like the, the game freaks out and so there's a lot of that like there is a ton of that like all the gamers make fun of it when if you just play it naturally it's an amazing it's such a good game because one it's incredibly long like it's not going to be one of those things like ah, i sat down and i beat into like i beat donkey kong 64 like it is incredibly long but it progresses in a really entertaining fashion. Like you're constantly getting more things that are keeping your attention. Each individual level is kind of like like self-contained to where like once you're in it, it's like this. It's a long process. I mean, it's not like let me get through this entire level and then I'll and I'll quit or whatever. And it, it's like you kind of as you're going through each level, you're obtaining like golden bananas, right? Which a certain number of them will unlock the next level. And so at first, you're kind of skimming through each level, right? Like, each each Kong, you get five Kongs, and it's like, whatever, the five different Kongs. Each one of them has five golden bananas in each level. But you're not, like, at first, you're just trying to race through the levels to get to the next one. But the problem is, then you'll get to a level that's like, this requires 35 golden bananas, and you've been skimming through, and you've only gotten 28. So now you're having to go back to these old levels and try to find out each, like, find what you missed on each of their golden bananas. So you have the ability to kind of say, all right, this one part is just too long, I don't understand it. I'm getting stuck on it. Let's pursue this different direction. And so you take it in a different direction. You kind of knew, I'm going to eventually have to come back to this, right? Like, yeah. eventually I'm going to have to get to some wall that says, yeah, you've been skimming on all your gold bananas. You need to go back. And so, and each individual... <laughs> You're in deep with the monkey mafia. you got to get them to go... And it's like, I'm going to break your knees, Donkey Kong. you got to bring me that bananas. That's the only explanation I could come up with. But it made it, it made it so great because it, you're revisiting levels from that you, that you you know, whatever. The first level of the game. You're going way back to because you're like, there's still that one that I couldn't reach, but now I've unlocked this power where I can jump twice as high so I can go back to the first level and, and there are more things that I can do. Yeah. And it was it was a really interesting... It didn't seem like it just had this path. Like, most, most games have this, uh, like this linear line. Yeah. This was like, you're at Kong Island... Which is just like, bam, bam, right, so it's just Donkey Kong's head is the island. <laughs> yeah. And it's this the, big uh, three-dimensional in, um, in Smash Brothers, King K. Rool's final smash, as he sits on his throne, hits a laser, and blows up Kong Island. <laughs> yeah, every time. That, that's from in, that's from Donkey yeah. Kong 64. Um, and on this island, you know, there's a, I mean, it, it's pretty big for it, for an old N64 game. It's a three-dimensional kind of open world feel, and you've got all these different, essentially portals, but different like like paths to take into different levels. 
and you always go back to Kong Island, just like to, just where you start when you turn the game on. And so you can just choose to go into all these different levels. Anyways, it's a great game. You're unlocking characters throughout the different levels. You're unlocking abilities and weapons for each of the Kongs. Each one has like a specific gun, which is really cool. Each gun shoots a different fruit. <laughs> it's just yeah, like it's yeah. a clever game. Ten fire I was, I, was, I can't remember where I was uh, watching this, but there was some guy was talking about. Um, how when he was kind of a perfectionist when it came to everything and when he started playing video games um, he played this one game where he was you know basically he just wanted to get to the main storyline and so what he did was when he couldn't figure it out he just looked up exactly what you're supposed to do did all of that and then at the end of the game it said you only played six percent of the game like because there were so many different like side quests and little options <laughs> yeah. that you had and it's like you have to actually explore these games and w which I really like, which is why I like uh, Feral, which is a computer game, basically like... Oh, I thought you meant Pharrell. Like Pharrell yeah! I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I don't see the connection here. <laughs> Solid artist, I guess. I'm happy. No. <laughs> and that's why I like Pharrell. No. <laughs> okay. It's, a, it's basically like a, uh, I don't know what categories of games. I don't really pay attention to all that kind of stuff, but um, it's, it's, a, it's oh, essentially... Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's essentially a game where you're like going around and you're kind of figuring out like the lore of the world. So and is it is there combat? Is it mist like? Is it there? No, it's more. So it's definitely more of a passive game than a, like a combat game. It's um it's basically you play as this little animal character. You at the beginning you have two different options of which animal you want to be. There's like the kitsune and there's a something other cat thing. And basically, as you're going through the world, you complete these little side quests, which basically start giving you more and more information about the lore of the world itself. And um, as they update this game, because it's relatively new, as they up as they update the game, like you you discover more and more about the world. I don't know. I find it really interesting because um, there's like a bunch of little side things that you can do, and you can like earn points to like get uh, to like make your character nicer, like get. Uh, you can unlock different like species and stuff like that that you can play as, um, but it's a it's a really fascinating game to me. I, I just I just can't play it for too long because I get motion sick. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and it, that is one of the things that I love about video games, which you know people who aren't into video games might think, and, and I find less you know it really depends what you talk to because I found older and younger people who are who mostly older people, but you know, younger people also have this mindset of. Oh, video games, it's literally just wasting time. Like, okay, but is watching a movie just a waste of time? Which some people might say yes. Some people might say, like, well, unless sure. you're reading a nonfiction book, you are wasting your time. And to those <laughs> I people, I say, that. okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, um, you do you. You're a boring individual. <laughs> you are a small, strange little man, and have my pity. <laughs> I mean, and those people boy. typically have a very black and white view of the world and are not are not very open-minded yeah. and, and, and And the thing about video games is... Um, it's so big. It's such a big yeah. thing. It's, it's like, but sorry, I, I'm gonna let you. I just, it, it, I'm gonna let you finish. It can, <laughs> it can definitely be a waste of time. Yeah. But, so but I think what you're getting so at. So you know, you, to, to, to give you some examples, I, I think there are, there are things in video games that you can do with storytelling, with art that you cannot do in any other medium because it's interactive. Right. So I'll give you one. There's a game called Antichamber. That's this puzzle game that plays with the idea. It's basically like if MC Escher designed a video game. So it messes with your idea of uh, direction. You run in circles, but if you turn around, oh, now you're going the right way. Um, it's really cleverly designed. Um, but there's this really, this is one, I think is one of the most excellent story games ever. And there's zero combat. There's basically no failure state. Literally anyone can sit down and play it instantly. It's called the Stanley Parable. 
and it's it's a it is a I, I don't want to spoil it more than saying it is a game about narrative and meta narrative. And it's brilliant and heartbreaking, and literally everyone should play it. And it's really fascinating because you sit two people down, and I did this. I sat two people down and said, "Play this game," and they both ended up with different things. That's great. Because um, it, it, it's basically a game where a narrator is narrating, and the very first thing it says, "Come to a hall. There's two doors," and the narrator says, "Stanley took the door on his left," and then you get to choose which door you go through, and that changes. With like, if you go to the right. But there is like Stanley took the door on it. You know what? It's okay. Go this way. Go this way. And so you make a decision: Do you follow the narrator, mm-hmm. or do you, you know, do your own thing? And if you follow the narrator, I don't want to spoil it. Just to say, it's cheap and it's excellent, and it's definitely something that is really fun to play to watch other people play it mm-hmm. after you've done it to see do they go a different route? Like, do they listen to the narrator? Do they not listen to the narrator? And then uh, <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum. Abigail just, uh, she was, again, blowing up my phone. Um, <laughs> there's a wonderful series of games called Earth Defense Force. Now, I knew about Earth Defense Force because there was a Super Nintendo game, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all, all time, called Super Earth Defense Force. Way back in the day, before our family owned a console, we would borrow a Super Nintendo from another family, and they had this game. And I loved it. It was really hard. Really hard. But the current Earth Defense Force is basically um, Starship Troopers, the game? Mm-hmm. You're fighting giant aliens, which are all big bugs. There's like giant ants. Actually, there's giant frogs now, too. Uh, it's, it's literally like giant ants, giant frogs. Every building is destructible. Like that thing in Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that. And all the voice acting is abysmal. <laughs> like, beyond abysmal. Like, it, it doesn't sync up. Everybody's saying their lines like with different intonations. And so like you hear the troops talking, they're like, alright guys, let's beat these bugs. And you hear, yeah, 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 yeah. And charge. Ah! And then in the one <laughs> in the one in the latest iteration, you have a dedicated button for your character to sing a little marching tune. And they're all terrible. They're all so bad. I I I, I have to I have, I have to find one. <laughs> Have you okay? So there's. I was watching. I think it was PewDiePie, and he was. Uh, he was playing this game where literally you. Um, every time you blink, the game completely changes, and it's like kind of like a story game. So you can, you can kind of go all different directions, like you were saying. And um, but at certain points, you're like discovering all these things, and you're like, you really, really want to like get taken all this information, but then you blink, and the game completely changes, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so man. so here are some of here are the EDF songs. To save our mother from any alien attack, from vicious giant insects who have once again come back. We'll unleash all our forces, we won't cut them any slack. The EDFD boy. It's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, and the same guy, so you have like different cases, it's so good. Oh here here are your Pokemon Stadium announcer clips. Just like Metronome. But this is this is something that Greg and Rutea, you might have heard this one because Abby might have exposed it, you to it. Okay. But um, you brought up Fortnite. This is for you. We've got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we about to get bound. Get bound! on the board right now. Just wiped out tomato mound. <laughs> My friend just got down to revive him. Now we're heading southbound. And now we're in the Pleasant Park Street. Look at the map. Go to the March seat. Take me to your Xbox to play Fortnite today. <laughs> you can take me to Mushy Meyer, but not Loot Lake. Well, I really love Loot That's so good. 
Chug Chug with you. Chug Chug. We can be pro Fortnite gamers. So that was. Uh, that's obviously like a, a parody of an actual song that someone else did. I think it might have been the same guy who did Mind Diamonds. Oh, are you sure? And maybe uh, it's the same vein though. It's like okay. someone took a, took yeah. an actual song and parodied it about Fortnite. But that and was then, better than those then, victory yeah, songs. And then and then ProZD, the the guy who skits we love, mm-hmm. um, he did it all in the goofy voice because he did it all the goofy voice for a skit. And then he was like, "Yeah, if this gets like ten thousand likes or whatever, I'll do the entire song as goofy." And, they, and so the, it, it happened. And he was like, "Okay, so the entire Chug Chug song as goofy." Oh, I just want to Chug Chug with you. Uh, so. <laughs> Yep. Oh, gosh, so good. Okay. What were we talking about? Yeah, video games. <laughs> video games. So, um, what I've been playing. Just gonna jump in. Do you have more, uh, anything more you want to? Do? I think go ahead. So, what I've been playing, I, I kind of decided uh, to dig back into my library of unplayed Steam games and just what I like to play through a series, like one game at a time, and see how the series evolves, and of course get the whole story. Um, and so, I played through Max Payne. Max Payne is like a third-person shooter. It's it's like very standard noir setting. Um, you know, grizzled cop gets on the wrong side of the law, set up for a crime he didn't commit, a wife and child murdered, and blah, 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 blah. You know, very, very standard. Very, very uh, maudlin, macabre, dark, gritty. The only problem is, in the original one at least, the graphics look like they were made out of uh, cereal boxes. Oh my god, what? It's, um, it's real bad. That's real bad. I'll show you guys after. I'll show you just, I'll show you just the intro c- cinematic. And, you know, like, limbs are bending in weird angles. Fingers are kind of, like, maybe pulling triggers on guns, but uh, maybe not. The faces are just kind of frozen in weird grimaces. That The mouths don't move. It's very <laughs> bizarre. Um, but this game is famous for introducing bullet time into games. So you have a dedicated button where you can just slow down time. Uh, I didn't find that button. I think there was one where you could just slow down time. I, what I found, the button I found was the shoot dodge button where you leap through the air and slow down time and you're firing two pistols and it looks super epic. The thing is, it's totally manual. It's totally manual. It's not like a prescriptive thing. Um, so I would get in a fight on rooftop and I'd go, aha, and have to reload my save. Um, for the people that are listening, Daniel just gestured that he jumped off of the building. I'm pretty sure from the falling whistle they got that. <laughs> Still oh, you're right, you're right. So let me try it again. I went... Splat! Hey, yeah, that, that helped. Uh, <laughs> much better. Much better. So, but it's so funny because, okay, this is going to sound really awful when I say this, but understand it's because it's a video game. This made me laugh. The very first thing that happens is you get to your home and you're like, what's that noise? And you run upstairs and your home got invaded and your baby daughter is like got killed. Oh, and so you walk into her room, and like the crib is flipped over, and there's the body with like stuff over it, right? And Max is like, no, but while he's doing this, I'm like going, no, you can just like shoot your guns everywhere, including into the baby. No! <laughs> and he's like, no, <laughs> and then you run to the bedroom, and your wife is dead on the bed, and of course, it looks like it looks like someone made a mannequin out of uh, paper mache. And I'm like, no, like jumping on the bed, like, no. So it, it's somewhat, I think it's just because I'm a horrible person. It's somewhat ruined the, 
the poignancy, the intended poignancy of the moment is that it wasn't a cutscene. It needed to be a cutscene where you did something like, no, instead I'm like running around like spinning in circles, no, my baby. It just reminds me of like, like so diving into a wall. And, of that like, vine with the little girl who's like, who's like, rest Keisha. Oh my fucking gosh, she fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's one point where, so the very first level, you're, you're going through the subway, you're trying to meet up with this guy because you're the DEA, you're trying to bust. And it, it ends up being about um, this drug, and you got betrayed by a cop who was on the take, and the government's involved somehow. I don't know, it gets complicated, and uh, Max is really good at not quite getting the person he's supposed to get. Uh, there's a point where you're in a brothel, you're like shooting up a brothel, and uh, like a gang, like gang brothel. And uh, there's a bunch of like quote unquote sexy pictures on the wall, but they're like three pixels each. And so you're looking and you're like, I, I guess that could be a girl in a bikini, but it could also just be like a rotary phone. <laughs> like you can't, it could be a zebra. Like it's impossible to tell what this is. Um, <laughs> so it's it, it's, it's funny. It's fun though. And and, and most of the cutscenes are done in like graphic novel style. And the model because they use like actual people as models for the graphic novel part. And the guy. Played Max Payne. It's clearly not the model. Like it's a completely different person. Like the guy who plays Max Payne looks like he's ten. Sorry, guy. He's so young. And then the Max Payne model looks like he's twenty twenty thousand years old and smoked twenty million cigarettes a day. But again, he has this weird like smut like smirk stuck on his face. And so you go to meet this guy, and you're on the other side of a subway grate. You're like Alex, and then it shows this guy coming. This there's, there's like a guy in a trench coat walking down the stairs. It looks like Slenderman. Like, oh. it's just like this weird lanky thing going, pulls out a gun, is like, pew! And, and, like, and then, like, like, floats back up the stairs, and you're like, oh my gosh, this animation is it's amazing. It's like Sam meets Team Fortress. Too. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> and then, and out, so as this Alex guy gets shot in the head, first of all, the blood spatter goes the wrong way, um, which is something I noticed, because I'm neurotic like that. I'm like, no, 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 if he got shot, the blood would have gone on the wall, not backwards onto the floor. But okay. And uh, Max Payne, with two pistols in his hand and this grin on his face, goes, no, like in slow motion, no, Alex. I'm like, this game is amazing! <laughs> so, uh, beat the first Max Payne, then play the second one. The second one's almost exactly the same. Similar style, better controls, I understood how to freeze time. And it got to the point where it was easier, to, you just freeze time and shoot everyone in the head and then run away until you're... Until it gets back. There's this one, oh man, there's this, uh, it had some fun glitches. Where you're chasing a guy who, okay, first of all, you shot this guy in the stomach with a high caliber gun. And he not only outruns you, he jumps on a subway train, jumps off the subway train, like the top of a subway train that's moving. He's definitely on basalt. Yeah, he's on something. <laughs> jumps off it, then continues to outrun you, and then has a shootout with you. And you're like, dude, I shot you like an hour ago. What are you doing? You're supposed to. You're, you're chasing him, right? And you chase him down the stairwell, and as you get down the stairwell, it plays a cutscene where he's like, "It's Max Payne, damn boys!" And then some other guys at the stairs, at the bottom of the stairs, like run up. I think I messed the game up because I like jumped down the stairwell instead of actually running down, so I like, jumped over a wall. To... And so the guy I was chasing disappeared. I didn't. It took me a while to figure out what was happening. But I run down the stairwell and I get to the bottom, and there's three guys and they're standing there, and then it starts playing the cutscene. And it like pans back up the stairwell, and he's like, "Max Payne's there, get him, guys!" And I'm, but I'm like on the bottom, running around, diving, shooting these guys who are invincible now. And then they face to black, and I get shot and killed because I, before I get control of my guy, I'm like, "What? What happened? I don't, I don't understand." And it turns out I was like, the cutscene was messing up. Then in, in and so I played Max Payne three. Max Payne three not as good as one and two because they gave it like a more gritty voiceover. It wasn't as fun to play. But <laughs> there is a time when, again, 
Uh, keep in mind, these are mature, gritty games. Mm -hmm. So you end up you end up in a favela. And so the whole thing, game takes place in Brazil. Brazil. You're in a favela in Brazil, and um, you end up with no gun and no ammo. And there's like only one place to go, and it's like, like a, a stripper bar, right? This like slum stripper bar, right? So you go in, and you're sitting on this couch talking to this guy, and it keeps like cutting over to the girls on the pole, and you're like, okay, Mr. Modeler. You know that nipples are not two-dimensional, right? <laughs> it's like a storm mannequin, and someone took a sharp and went... <laughs> and I'm like, uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, not, uh, that's not how that works, bud. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, and also, it, that one had, like, gory... Go like, wounds that would stick to people, but sometimes the wound would, like pop off of their head and it looked like they were wearing like a little flower on their head it was really Ew. weird but but yeah so I, I, I beat all three Max Paynes Max Payne 3 had probably the best glitches because there was a cutscene where I get picked up by a guy in a car he just didn't load his character model so the car pulls up there's no one in it and it's like get in Max so I get in and nobody in the car and the car starts driving away with nobody in the driver's seat and then the whole ground disappears and it's like flying through the air and I was like is this supposed to be happening the, it's the bath salts again <laughs> Uh, exactly. And and there was one part where he sits down to play a piano, and his right left arm like flips around through his head and is over here like doing this, and I'm like, Abby can testify. She I, she saw it, but I was like, that's not supposed to do that. <laughs> Such a Sims moment. <laughs> yeah, it's just the like the arms flings flaying ever, but but they were fun, and I finished them all in a week, so they were not very long. So that was that was nice. It was nice to play a game that was shorter. Um, the game I just started called uh, Do Sex. No, no, sorry. Deus X. <laughs> Do Sex. Uh, Do Sex. <laughs> Deus X. Um, it, again, a much older game. I actually had to figure out everything. I couldn't see anything because the game was so dark. And they're like, no, you got to run it on this setting. And I was like, finally figured that out. But um, it's really interesting. It's like an RPG game um, where you're uh, basically a Robocop. Mm -hmm. But you find that the organization you're working for is actually the bad guys. Shocker, the government in a dystopian uh, sci-fi future is the bad guys. And so you obviously you switch sides. Um, but <laughs> again, it has a thing where everyone's face is like... I was impressed. Every anime yeah, ever. I was impressed by some of the stuff they managed to get in there. So I was just like running around the base, right? The, your home base. And just, oh, you know, like you do, opening every door going into every room. Well, okay. So I went into the men's restroom, looked around. There's nothing in there. Okay, how about... Go to the women's restroom, look around, and I hear, and this woman's like, "Excuse me, this is so unprofessional. I'm reporting you." And then later in the cutscene with my boss, he was like, "Oh, so we heard about the incident in the women's restroom. We're gonna give you a demerit for that." I was like, "Wait, what? Now you just show it off. Now you just show it off." And that woman later with later conversation was like, "Oh, you're that creep." I was like, "Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, now you're okay, Mr. Programmer. You're just showing off now. Come on." So, so, so those are the games I've been playing, like older PC games. Yeah. And they're honestly like they're still really good. The the, 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 the biggest problem, the biggest problem is the controls are super wonky. Yeah. Because like there's a standard set of controls for FPSs. Mm -hmm. It's you know W A S D to move, R is reload, that sort of thing. Reload was semicolon. Can you change that? Cool. Yes, yes you can. For most of the keybinds, the thing I could not, the thing I still have not figured out how to change the keybind is your flashlight is F twelve. Which is also the screenshot on Steam. So every time I turn my flashlight on or off, it takes a screenshot. That's what so alternates: bright screenshot, dark screenshot, bright screenshot, dark. And I have to go figure out where the. I don't even know where these screenshots are being stored. I have to go delete them all because I'm taking like a hundred screenshots from turning my flashlight on. I'm like, 
Your computer huh. is slowly, slowly losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're out of space because you got 10 billion screenshots of a tunnel. <laughs> uh, whoops. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing. It's been uh, it's been fun to go back and just like relive a little bit of uh, of uh, gaming history. Yeah. And seeing where you know how far we've come. Yeah, I think I think a lot of older games. Sorry for my squeaky chair. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of older games keep. Like the simplicity, like the simplicity of like the mechanics, make it really entertaining to go through, like and replay, go play certain levels, just play older games you haven't played because it's it's just like you know how to pass this level, you know it's very simple and it's just a matter of if you can do it or not. Like the original Splinter Cell, in my opinion, oh was, the, the first three Splinter Cells are excellent. Yeah, yeah, they're so great and it got so freaking dang complex and it just it's way too much in my opinion. To where it's like, okay, well, like, you've got a million different weapons, and you're souping them up, and you're doing it. And, like, the original one was very, was amazing. Like, and I really loved it, because you have certain levels where it was like, alright, Sam, like, no casualties this time. So the whole level, you can't kill people. So you're you're just, and you're, you're like, the equipment you're decked out with for each different level is different. And so this one, you're just, you're super about stealth. You've got a bunch of smoke grenades, you got whatever. And in some levels, you're getting out of, like, a jail cell. So you barely have any equipment. And so you're all about, like, hiding in the shadows and crawling on the crap. And it's all, like, the whole, the whole game's based on stealth. Um, yeah, that game did a really good job with light and dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of like, oh, you're halfway in the shadows, so they might see you. Right. Oh, now you're totally in the shadows. Yeah, and you have, like, your shadow meter to where it's like, yeah, you, like, you're fully dark, which yeah. means nobody can see you here. And, like, you're having to, like, you know, knock people unconscious and then drag them into the dark so that, like, the, the passing by yeah. security guards wouldn't see. Yeah. Some things are loud, some things are silent. It was a great game. Sounds but the great. mechanics... I enjoyed Splinter Cell. The mechanics uh, are very simple. I mean, it's very basic, yeah. and it's and it's a, it's a puzzle. Like, you know, you're going through, and you're like, okay, this is how, like, the... the, the, the Same quick load all yeah. the time. And and so, like, I don't know. Like, like the simplicity of older games is definitely a breath of fresh, fresh air. I, uh, I went back and played... So as you know, like I, I recently got um, Super Smash Brothers for the N64, and I got uh, a modded version to where you have a few extra characters, which is fun. Um, Ganondorf OP. Yeah, there's Speaking not a whole OP. lot to do in that first one as far as gameplay. Like that is a hundred percent just a party yeah, game. Yeah, I believe the Jews won the Jews versus Gentile match uh, for, uh, with uh, yes. Ganondorf. Yes, uh, Nathaniel and his brother beat me in DQ one time because they were both Dick Ganondorf. Um, um, and so then I started playing Melee, the the GameCube version, unlocking all the characters, successfully unlocked all the characters, and then I started playing my favorite one, which is Brawl. Now, from from a Super Smash Brothers, I guess I'd call him an expert, John Boney, uh, an, an avid smasher, the way he describes the Super Smash Bros universe is kind of like you have your group of people that just follow the games so they'll play the first one when the game people came out they all move to that one they all move to brawl they all move to the next one and then you have your people that stick around with each individual one and according to him there's not really a most popular like he he would advocate for melee he thinks that's the best one i think brawl is the best game I, for no particular reason i just think the mechanic like I, that's the one i played all, all the most so i'm really good at it and that's the platform mechanics is so stupid um i will say though so, so the single-player game in Melee is called the Subspace Emissary, and it's kind of bizarre. It's it's a 2D scroller on like if you don't know what Super Smash Brothers is, you're it's it's essentially a multiplayer game where you're on a stage and you're kicking your other your teammates, you're the people you're playing off the stage, and if they fall off the stage, they die. And most of the time, it's played with a certain number of lives per person. So you're once you lose, you fall four times, you're out. Um, but in the third uh, version of the game, uh, Brawl, 
you played on these like 2D scrolling levels where you had this whole level to go through and you had these little miniature characters and you still, you know, got killed the same way. There'd be places where you could fall off the map. There'd be places where you could get booted up off the map or whatever. But you know, it has an actual story. But, but, you know, yeah, exactly. So the story itself is, in my opinion, really fun. I mean, like, it's a, as good as you can imagine a bunch of Nintendo characters interacting with each yeah, other. The best the moment, game. the undisputed best moment, is right after you like, go to rescue Peach. And she's like serving tea, and Fox is like pinky out sipping tea. <laughs> it's so, it's so good because yeah, it, like you get all these characters. So you get like like Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong start off, but then Donkey Kong gets taken, you know, by the enemy. So you're just Diddy. Actually, Liam Neeson goes and kills him. And and uh, and then Fox like crashes, his ship crashes, and then so Fox gets out, and he's next to Diddy, and so like Fox and Diddy become like this duo, and it's like funny their interactions and everything. And so it sounds like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a Kingdom Hearts, but without the horrible voice acting. So that okay, it, but the story actually makes sense. Like this story is like all the villains yeah. are working together. You can tell what they're trying to do. Like even like Master Hand is like, the main villain, but then there's like a villain behind him. Um, but the actual playing of that game. Especially when you play on like hard mode, which I'm trying to get through right now, uh, it's just kind of silly. Because if you just run past all the AIs, you'll get past the level. If you beat them up, they'll die. But then if you if you move forward and then move back, they've reappeared. <laughs> so you're like, oh. right, you're like at this point, I should just run through it because the second I beat one, and then. I'm fighting somebody else and I get knocked back, he's reappeared, so why am I taking my time to beat them? Because like, there is a part of me that says, alright, well I don't want to just run through the whole level, I want to fight. Uh, but if, if you're just going to have people respawn, what's the point? Like, just run through it. And so, I've been finding myself running through, although it has a lot of, okay, you're stopping and having to fight this person on a stage, and like, that's fun. You know, th those moments are really cool, and that allows you to like actually use the mechanics of the game and fight as the characters. But the story itself has been really entertaining, that's what I'm playing through now. Um, again, I've, I've gotten to the third installation of Super so, Smash Brothers, and I, to be honest, I played the Wii U version a little bit. And was there a version it, in between has, the, in between the Wii U and Smash Ultimate? No, there, there was a. That's the one. Like okay. because the Brawl was Wii, and there was Wii U, which is just called Smash Four. Well, it's technically just called Smash Brothers Wii U. Um, and then there's Ultimate. Um, the reason Wii U one doesn't have a story mode mm -hmm. is because. The creator, whose name I'm forgetting, got really mad that people put all the uh, cutscenes on YouTube. Because he was like, we put, you know, all this work. It, I'm, uh, some, to some degree, I, you know, I understand his grievance. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, this is the digital age. This is going to happen. you got to just let people do that. They, the idea that they put in all this work to make, to, to make these things. And people were just like, okay, it's on the internet. Watch it. Bye. So, so wait, all those cutscenes didn't end up being a thing, or did you just put no, cutscenes like, like, together as a movie? And like, the, like the subspace emissary stuff. Okay. Like, he was like, we spent, you know, we put our hearts and souls in this, we spent so much time working on this, and within a day of it, the game coming out, it was all available on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that made him really mad. And so he was like, fine, Smash 4, no single player mode, we're just going to be multiplayer. We're, I'm not wasting my time with that again. Dang, that's so funny. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad I've, like, never really, I mean, I haven't really gotten into a Smash Ultimate a whole lot. I'll play a few times, and I feel like my skills carry over, and I've been pretty successful when I play Smash Ultimate, but I haven't really gotten into... Is there a single player in Smash Ultimate? Yeah, there's a single player. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, pretty low-key. It's long. Yeah. It, is it similar to the subspace emissary? Is there a story? There like, is a story, but there's not a whole lot of cutscenes. Okay. But yeah. it's the easiest way to unlock all the characters. Sure. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, I, I I really enjoy the mechanics of a Super Smash Brothers game. Just the, like that, like as far as a multiplayer game goes on a split screen basis, 
it's just the best. I mean, because yeah. you don't, you know, it's not really a split screen, right? Because you're all playing the same screen. And you're all fighting to stay on the same stage. It, and each individual character is unique. It doesn't, like, yes, at, at the extreme high levels, you can get, like, this character's OP, this character's garbage. But at the level that you're playing with your friends, because it's, it's made to be played multiplayer against each other, you can kind of just get good with whatever character you want. See, but when you're fun. playing with your friends, you just say that that character's OP when they beat you. Yes, that's always the line. Oh, we can't, we can't. You're too OP. See, that was that was Olimar for a while in Smash uh, Brawl. As Olimar, his smash moves when you flick the, the the C stick, he just he throws the little Pikmin as a smash. But it was it's so instant and and fast. And his grab is also a distanced grab. It was just like his whole entire move set is excellent. But he's kind of light. But anyways, we eventually got over that because we had the same thing, right? So like, you know, I'd play him a whole bunch and kill everybody. They're like, oh, he's okay. We can't play him anymore. But eventually we <laughs> exactly. got over that. But yeah, no, I uh, I really like this. The, the I feel like they've done a good job at making that like a viable game that people actually want to play. I mean, and they they every every update of the game they change the uh, the intensity of the the, uh, the characters' attacks depending on how much people complain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, the thing about uh, Smash for Switch, they're actually balancing it. So Brawl is interesting from like a competitive perspective. I don't, I'm kind of into fighting game mm-hmm. scene, the fighting game scene. Smash is interesting because Melee is like super technical. Everyone loves Melee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brawl, they added some things that are that you mostly don't notice on a casual level, but all the people who play competitive are like, this is horrible, we can't play this. Right. Um, mostly the platform mechanic where there's just like a random chance you'll slip and fall. Yeah. Which oh, is like, the worst. it kills consistency. Yeah. And so there's actually... Brawl never got played competitively, but there was a mod of Brawl called Project, Project M, M. Yeah. and that actually got played competitively until Nintendo was like, what's all this then? <laughs> How <laughs> dare you play a game? Nintendo sometimes, I'm like, y'all. Come on. You, they're, they're getting people into Smash Bros. It's yeah. free publicity. They're not selling this game. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not making money off of it, so like... I know a few it's... MLGers, and they, they, you know, they'll say that Brawl is their least favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that a few times too, and I've kind of accepted it. I'm just like, I happen to get yeah, to the I, I enjoy Brawl more than Melee. Um, so, but yeah, but, I, uh, I, I thought it was it was at, at its height for me. That was when I liked games the most. It was the coolest out of the three when I first got into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I kind of heard that the Wii U tanked, like it wasn't like all that. Yeah, the Wii U sold really bad, but it's really interesting to see the evolution from the GameCube to the Switch. That the they were iter- the Nintendo was iterating. Mm-hmm. And getting to the Switch, which is really successful and is an excellent piece of hardware. I'm surprised because yeah. I really like the Wii U version, but of course oh, yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. first. I mean, I enjoyed the Wii U too. The, I just the, think that the not, Wii U, not, not, not Wii U enough people got the Wii U, like yeah, the system, that's, that's because the it was like, didn't so oh, here's well, the Wii, and here it is another Wii. Yeah, and you're like, it's because, well, what does it do that's different? It's yeah, like, we've so, made it better. Well, so, the thing is, like, they were like, it was a precursor to the Switch. Yeah, right. It was, and the problem was. The Wii sold gangbusters, but attracted a largely casual audience because it was very easy to get into because it's like stick waggles. I don't have to figure out this damn controller, right? Yeah. But, you know, casual gamers are fickle. They'll go to whatever's easiest, which is now mobile games, right? So mobile games, Facebook games, things like that. Wii U, most most more hardcore gamers were like, "Why? what is this wonky controller thing you're giving me? This is terrible. Like, I don't want this. I want... And they weren't. they also weren't coming out with a bunch of good first party games especially for Wii U we had some really just not did not have yeah. good game support um, and the Switch was like actually legitimately really good um, yeah. but, but here you go here you I go mean, this I only is for played you, like one game yeah. on Wii U and it yeah. was Smash Bros here you go Drake 
From the company behind the Wii and the other Wii comes a series full of cute childhood nostalgia that you can pound the living shit out of. Super Smash Brothers. Prepare for the franchise that's either the most precise fighting game of all time or a mindless button masher that an angry chimp with stump hands could play. Or both? Duke it out in <laughs> Essentially, yes. Because when I first started playing the game, that's all I could do was like press the same button, button over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning to air dodge. But it's, it's so funny going back to try to play N64 and like, mm -hmm. there's no side B button. There's no air dodging. No. Nope. It's you're know, like, oh, I fly off the stage. What do I do? You can't do anything. You just die. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I push far enough, you, there's like hardly any recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Donkey Kong. Ugh. Still garbage. Like, let hit up B and you go. I always also, forget that Ike's recovery is trash in every single game because he, he he doesn't recover, he just smashes down. <laughs> this uh, um, one reviewer uh, was, uh, who, who isn't a fan of multiplayer games, period, um, but he was like, fine, I'll review Smash Brothers. And was like, I finally figured out, you know, I like Donkey Kong. And whenever I was getting frustrated, I just pressed the down B, which is the, the move I call this Donkey Kong moves, and I labeled it, fuck off, I win. Ook, ook. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he just smashes yeah, the ground. It's like playing the ground like a drum. Yeah. <laughs> off, I win. Ook, ook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I enjoy Smash a lot. It's It can be frustrating to play with people who are, like, really good. Because yes. then you're just like, okay, well, I'm not having any fun. Which is so I, it, it's why I switched to playing. Yeah. This is why I switched to playing time mode. Because that way you just get to play, yeah. and if you're dying a million times, it doesn't matter. You still get to play the same amount. That makes yeah. sense. Um, I I feel like that would uh, that would go a lot better for people who, because um, I I have a friend who's ridiculously good at the game. I've yeah. never seen anyone beat him ever, <laughs> like in in yeah. our friend group. And he's like, yeah, most people don't want to play with me anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is the thing, and this this is what really angers me about some people who some people who play Smash at a competitive level. Yeah, Bony, Bony would, uh, he, I think he would agree with me on this. Is the people who play like competitive Smash like we, we play with we, you know we play stock, no items, final destination. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how you're supposed to play the game. Like, no, it's not. That's how you play the game competitively. But if you want to play with anyone else who is not a competitive level gamer, you, all the you need to put all the items on. You need to put random, play random characters, give people a handicap. Like, put on all the stuff that makes it more fun to play. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're like a high level competitive gamer, are you really having fun beating the crap out of people who don't know what they're doing? No. Right. Or would you rather just play a game where literally anyone could win because a bob on fell on your head? Yeah. Like, that's fun. <laughs> but that, that's why I think the game does a really good job because it has all these options. Yeah, just, exactly. Just the yeah, other day. But, but the people, the idea that, like, oh, you have to play it this way. I'm like, no, no, no. no. You're the one playing it There's the wrong way. It's made the way it yeah. is. It's like, I'm, you're actually the one playing it the wrong way. You're supposed to play it, like, technically, the way it's quote unquote supposed to be played is like four player on any stage with items at medium, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the base design. That's how it's quote unquote supposed to be played. Like when you turn on competitive, one player like, that's not a long way to play the game, but that don't tell me that's how it's supposed to be played because that was not the original intention or they wouldn't have put items in the game. Right. The whole point is it's supposed to be accessible to anyone and fun for anyone. Yeah. But, so, but you're saying exactly how it should be. I mean, yeah. like, like that's why it has the option to to be competitive. And like that's eventually how... So like, I was that guy in college. They were like, oh, let's play Super Smash. And I was like, you know what? Like I really don't want to play because like... And I wasn't even trying to be a jerk, but I said it. I was just like, I'm just going to beat everybody. And like it's not going to be very fun. Like and we were like thinking of a game to play. And all my roommates were just like, so, oh, you know, and I, I, it was, it was a year and a half before I got beat one time. 
That's why I you, mean, you I just trashed all them. But they, I mean, they, they were a specific group, group of people that were like, no, 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 we got to do it this way. And they, they were they were just persistent on wanting to get better until the point where we would play two on two, legit yeah. on like two, like one or two maps with no with no items. But at that point, but again, then we became all those people. See, I'm, but but I still yeah. with you that when I went and played with others. I'd be like, okay, random maps, all the items, like because you're right. Then somebody throws a Pokeball and game's over. You know, like <laughs> Charizard has different things to say about you, and then you know. Like I'm one of those rare people that enjoys playing Smash even when I lose because let's face it, I lose a lot. I'm not yeah. the greatest. And, and that's the thing, like I don't have a problem losing. Yeah. But but this is why I've switched to time because you know I'll die ten times and be minus nine at the end and be in fourth place, but I still got to play the game and have right. fun. So that's that's why I've largely switched to playing timed, mm-hmm. especially when you have like. I, I, you know, I get people want to play Stalk and Sue's the best, like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm not good at this game, I just want to have some fun. That's why yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm playing Marvel and Dragon Ball Fighters, I'm just like, ah! yeah, you, know, you know what I really loved about those, like, I guess I shouldn't call them old, but like, like, I, okay, multi, like, split screen, same house playing game. <laughs> no screen playing game! <laughs> no, that's not what But what I'm saying is like, so... So, uh, for whatever, it, it, what, you know, it's a sad thing is is that the whole 007 series, like, what is that? Does, that oh, GoldenEye is such a garbage game. Eventually, Don't at me. GoldenEye is a terrible game. Okay, before, okay. So, eventually, like, what, that game was just like, hey, we're not going to make any more. That used to be a pretty staple game, right? Like, they made GoldenEye, but then it was like, they made so many 007 games. It was yeah. like Agent Underfire, like, like Double Agent, all well, they're they're all terrible. To be fair, there are a lot of um, and, and yes, there so, are. so there was, there was, there was one of them. I, I can't even tell you the name. I still have it because I played it so much. Which what what system is it for? Uh, GameCube. I think it was. I think it's called Agent Underfire. That sounds right. 007 Agent Underfire. Yeah, Agent Underfire or Nightfire. Those are both GameCube oh, games. I know. Yeah, I think it was Agent Underfire. Um, but the multiplayer was great because you could put on these wonky settings, right? Like you could put on low gravity. And then you could put on that everybody had a jetpack, and then you could put on that everybody had a grapple gun that could grapple to anything. Oh my so you would just like grapple to something, and then just be like, woo, and just keep going because it was low gravity. And so like people are just flying around this map. Like you said, low shooting. gravity, and I instantly had flashbacks to uh, what is it? I am bread or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those, <laughs> one of those wonky physics games, like Octodad or something so like that. Much. Okay, so I, I, I tried to look it up and I found a list of all James Bond video games. Here's the first one. James Bond, 007. 1983. Atari 2600. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Is this James Bond? Okay, I can tell this is a helicopter. This kind of looks like a Shedinja. That might be a car, but it could also be a teapot and it could also be a mouse. If this is supposed to be James Bond, I... What? Right, what, what are the next ones? Keep what going. Okay. A View to a Kill, 1985, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64. This was a PC game. A text game, View to a Kill, on the, on the Apple II. Hmm. Goldfinger text game. The Living Daylights, oh, that was a terrible game, on the ZX Spectrum. Live and Let Die in 1988, looks like one of those, um, like, uh, Road, Ra- Road Rash games. Okay, that's a, okay, that, decent graphics, decent graphics. Uh, again, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, License to Kill 1989, DOS, there we go, now we're, get, now we're getting the stuff I remember, DOS, okay? The Spy Who Loved Me, 1990, DOS again. The Stealth Affair, 1990, DOS. That looks like a, like a point-and-click adventure game. Um, James Bond Jr., I beg your pardon? Oh my god. He's punching, it looks like he's punching a G.I. Joe villain. He's wearing like a puffy vest. It's Marty McFly and he's punching uh, snake eyes. On the, you're peeking on your, yeah. on your mic. I, yeah, I know. The Duel, 1993. Okay, now we got it. We got the Sega. Sega Master System. 
Number 12. The 12th one is GoldenEye for the N64. Wow. The 12th one. Gold, GoldenEye. Okay. Uh, developed by Rare. Same guys who did Ugu. Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> there was a Game Boy game. Oh my god. <laughs> the graphics, though. Game Boy game in 98. Tomorrow Never Dies in 99 for PlayStation. World's Not As Enough for both N64 and PlayStation. 007, wait, 007 Racing? They had a racing game. Jeez. That looks terrible. How, how can you... But the thing is, how can you tell if this is 007? It looks just like a... a you just see the back of a car. But, okay. Um, All racing games. Asian Under Fire 2001 <laughs> for GameCube. 2002 Nightfire for GameCube. Everything or Nothing for GameCube. Rogue Agent for GameCube. From Russia with Love for GameCube. Quantum of Solace. Now we've finally gotten to... Xbox 360 and so on and so forth. Bloodstone. Now this one I never heard of. Xbox What's the last one that was made? Goldeneye. Uh, so we're up to 2010. Goldeneye 007 2010. Wii, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. 007. Here we go. Uh, number 27, 25. 2012. 007 Legends. The lowest rated James Bond game of all time. That, that <laughs> go out that on a banger. 2012 it. was not <laughs> a year. <laughs> Aggregate ratings ranging from 16% to 45% depending on the platform. Okay. Eurocom, the studio behind it, went bankrupt following its release. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it lost Activision the Bond license. Oh my god. So that's where it was killed. I knew it'd get killed at some point. At some point it just stopped happening. Banhammer. It, it, like it was like a staple game and this all of a sudden the, they stopped. Listen to how well written this is. The gunplay is repetitive and dull. The boss battles are just quick time events. And the stealth, stealth mechanics are outdated and not fun. Wow! <laughs> like, uh, come on, that's a pretty garbage-looking uh, screenshot too. Like, geez. Yeah. So uh, there you go. There's been 25 James Bond games. None of them are good. Um, but yeah, GameCube one with uh, Under Fire. Did you have Agent Under Fire or Nightfire? It was Agent Under Fire, and my cousins had Nightfire for the PlayStation Two. Mm. And they thought wow. there were cooler guns in that game, and I, I beg to differ. All right. Well, to end it. What's uh what's a game recommendation? Each of us will go around and give a game recommendation. Okay, so what were the four? How, what were the four categories you give? Games that are about story. So, so games that are about mechanics. Yep, game games that are based on um, how, it's like 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 not not off movies, but uh, th properties. thematic games. Okay. Yeah, and then multiplayer games. Uh, uh so um, oh man, so multiplayer game. I'm actually gonna recommend that uh, Earth Defense Force. Yeah. Shadow of New Despair. It's it's multiplayer. Good. You play two player. It's really really fun. Yeah. It's really really fun. There's ten jillion guns and they all play differently, so it's like really easy to find your. And of course, they added you know there's a person with a jetpack. There's a person who has like a tank and there's like all these sorts of things. Uh -huh. There's a guy who can drive motorcycles and it's terrible. Like don't pick that guy. But, <laughs> but literally, you can like call in a motorcycle and you do nothing while you're on a motorcycle. But you're like I'm on a motorcycle. That's pretty great. Um, that's the multiplayer game I would pick. Uh, good good some good couch co-op. <clears throat> For the regular game recommendation, I would actually recommend um, <laughs> Papers, Please. Yeah. It's cheap, right. it's fast, and it's really good. It's like, you're like, how did a guy make bureaucracy fun and intriguing? <laughs> bureaucracy. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like literally, they're penetrating the bureaucracy. Well, I mean, life is interesting. They're penetrating the bureaucracy of the game. It's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. And it's it's such a good example of how much, you, how, how much creativity can make or break a game. <laughs> Like a unique concept and a unique story. That's, so that's the single player game I'd recommend. It's, it's older, so it's cheap, and it's, it's on PC. Um, you can get it through Steam. So it's uh, multiplayer. Mechanics. Um, so for mechanics... It's like, what's a game you find yourself just enjoying to play? Like, yeah, you, to play you play just finish playing it, you want to go back to yeah! um, So uh, I would say um, Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck-building game 
that is it has a ton of mods it's got tons of mod support so it's like when you get if you get bored with it you can add a bunch of stuff um, but basically the idea is you're climbing a tower and there's three acts and at the end of each act you have to fight a boss and but it's all based around a deck so on your turn you have a certain you can play a certain number of cards and then on the enemy's turn they'll play a certain number of cards and it's like super easy to figure out how to play the game and it's really really deep okay and it's 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 fun and it's replayable and, and it's something that's it's, it's very chill you're gonna die a lot you're gonna lose a lot but it's not you're just like okay well you know next time i'll try to do this but it, it's it doesn't it's not stressful at all because okay. it's oh it's a card game mm-hmm. right um and again it has excellent mod support so so that's slay the spire that's what i would recommend um and it's on everything i think we try to do mobile which would be cool what was the class category? Um, like thematic, like like these are usually the um, worst in my opinion. Like Harry Potter, like or <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, or her uh, Bugs Life. Lego Star Wars: The Complete scary. Saga. Okay, there you go. Is there actually go. hella fun, and I think they re-released it for Switch. Don't get the new ones. Don't give any money really? to that. Um, really, don't give any money to that. Lego Batman One is great. Lego Batman Two is terrible because in Lego Batman Two they added voices, and the voices are bad. <laughs> and what was what made Lego great games so good was that they pantomimed everything. And, and so they're like doing all these the, the cutscenes in Lego games are hysterical, especially because they can deal with stuff like people getting dismembered. But they're Legos, so they just like <laughs> pop the arm back on. So it's great. So that's that. That would be our recommendation for that, that category. Nice. Uh, Lego Star Wars Complete Sockets. And and you know, great to play with a friend. And if there's like a sibling that you're not a huge fan of, but you have to be, you have to be nice to them, pick them and just beat the snot out of them. <laughs> No penalty. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now, yeah, if I got to go through all four categories, let's see. So, as far as a multiplayer game, um, this party, I will shoot. Th- this game is in the. This is this is a game called Disc Jam. Okay, so it was a free download on on the PlayStation Four like six years ago, <laughs> and it's a super simple game. There's no story. There's no anything. You just you basically you play with either one or two people, and it's and it's similar to tennis, right? So you're in this. You're in this, essentially it's like a, you have a court, and there's a center net, and you have a disc, and you throw it, and you're trying to get it past the person in front of you, bounce it off the walls or whatever, and they're trying to grab it before it hits the wall, and they're going to throw the disc back at you, and you're going to try to grab it before it hits the wall behind you, and that's how the game is played. Now, there's a million different ways to throw it, you're curving it, you're bouncing it off the walls, it's almost like, it's like an intense version of air hockey, uh, but you can play, the best way to play, the way I would recommend is play with a friend, you can play split screen online. And you can also play with each other online. So, like, if you had it here and I had it over at my house, we could play online on teams as doubles. But the best way to do it is split screen. So, like, we're together, we play on the same screen, and then we play two people online somewhere. Um, And it's really fun because you can pass it to each other, then you can bounce it off the walls. You can play up at the net, and you can essentially kind of, like, block the the disc down into the ground. And if you block it down into the ground on their side, you get a point as well. It's a really cool game. Like, in each point, like, each time you get it past them, it's not just one point. It increases however many times the, the disc was touched. So if I throw it and you catch it, and you throw it back, now it's increased, it starts at, if you get an ace, it's 10. But as soon as they catch it, it goes to five. So it's five, then it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So if it's a really intense point, it, it's up to like 27. And you're like, oh my gosh, the person who wins this is gonna be like half, half the points to win the match. Because mm. it's just, it's 50 points mm. to win the match. And it's super intensive. It's a best two out of three. Everybody you play online. So like you win the first match, you know, the win for the first set, you try to win the whole thing. It is a very basic game. It's super old, so not a ton of people play it online anymore. But every time my buddy Marco's in town, we sit there and we play Disc Jam like all day. It's <laughs> so much fun. Go play with a friend. It's it's probably five dollars to buy on on PlayStation Four um, or other platforms. 
Um, so that's what I would recommend for multiplayer. For game mechanics, I'm going to go back and recommend in, uh, Donkey Kong 64. Mm. Again, for the reasons I mentioned, if you want a fun single-player game that you can really enjoy the mechanics of, and it should, like, I pleasantly go back and just restart that so many times. Like, I won't even be finished, and I'm like, I just want to restart it again. It, just because it has the element of, if you are one of those people that needs to get every little thing done in each level, mm -hmm. you can. And if you are one of those people that gets fed up, you, you can still enjoy the, 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 the fact that the game is difficult to understand and it's difficult to get past, but still progress through the levels. You can say, okay, whatever. I don't want to get the rest of the bananas in this level. Let's go on to the next one. And then eventually you might have to go back and get those. But, you know, you can kind of skim by and finish the game. Not quite at, like, you know, 16% like you said your friend did or whatever, but you can kind of get by at, you know, 78% and not do all the details you want. But it's an amazing game. Uh, the characters are really fun. There's so much variety in things you're doing. It's not boring at all. Each different level has a different different theme. Very fun. Uh, great music. The music in those old games, so good, man. Like, like I could listen to an orchestra playing music from Donkey Kong 64, and it's it's really high quality stuff. As far as thematic game, I don't really know. Uh, I feel like most thematic games I play kind of suck. I will say though, so obviously the Battlefront games have been a pretty big staple for Star Wars. It started with the first one that was all right, and then Battlefront 2 for the Xbox and for the PlayStation 2, I guess. Uh, but mainly it was people on Xbox was really, really big. Um, and it was highly anticipated that the, the new Battlefront came out for the PlayStation 4. It really wasn't anything like Battlefront 2. It was essentially just like a, kind of like a Call of Duty type thing where you're just playing, like, but I will say though, that game is beautiful. Like, it's a really pretty game. Like, like as far as how they mapped out what, what each of the, the maps look like and everything like that. They did digital mapping of some of the models that Lucas used to do, like, Endor. Like, he, he you know, he built the plants and, like, and like Ooh, different, nice. like, actual... So they would scan those and implement them into the game. So, like, these are some really amazingly rendered games. Like, they're beautiful. Just the fact that you can walk around as, like, a stormtrooper and look down at your hands holding a gun. Like, it is very immersive. It's an amazing game. Great music. It, it, it's great for a thematic game. Yeah, it didn't have all the things that, that Battlefront 2 had. You can have an argument if Battlefront 2 is better. Um, I probably agree. Uh, but I got really into it. It was a very fun game, especially for a Star Wars fan. Um, and then last one... A good story. Man, I'll probably sound like a broken record. There's a lot of good stories out there. I'm going to go back to saying um, The Last of Us Part 1 and 2. If you really want, like, I mean, I just have to say this because it rivals, I mean, it rivals any movie I've ever seen uh, or TV show. I think Joel is is, is maybe maybe the best developed character I've seen in, in movie, in movie or any kind of media. He is he's just a really complex character. Ellie, too, although in the second game... There's just a lot of polarization that, like you know, it's, it's they it, ruined it. It, 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 it didn't necessarily ruin it, but you they kind of split everybody down the middle. They made some decisions. Part of and okay, I'm gonna go on the soapbox just for like a second, and I'll get off. I promise. Part of making a game, especially a story-based game where you're making decisions, is that you want the characters to be making decisions that you would kind of agree with as a person. So regardless, or at least of, understanding why they would make the decision. Exactly right. So if you're playing as a really gritty, nasty dude. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my gosh, like we should save that like kitten in a box on the side of the road. Like it looks like it's in trouble. You'd probably you'd be like, okay, I'm kind of getting into character here as this gritty dude. This doesn't seem right. I feel out of whack going and saving this kitten. Like I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And the second game had a lot of that, right? It had a lot of, hey, this is a character that's already been developed in the last game. Now they're doing these things that you're kind of like, wait, is this really what Ellie would do? Is this really what Joel would do? And so there was a lot of controversy. Joel's character didn't get destroyed as bad as Ellie's. Ellie's it just 
Ellie's growing up, right? In the first game, she's young. In the second game, she, you know, she goes from, what is she, 11 or 12 in the first game to being, like, 18 to the very end. She's probably in her 20s, maybe, like, early 20s, like, 21 or something. But, and so she goes through a lot of changes. And so you could argue that she's just changing as a person. And you're like, okay, but it's hard to follow. Like, it's hard to follow her as a person. Anyways, regardless of all of that, they're amazing. Like, like they will suck you in, and you're like, oh, my gosh. This is better than movies I've watched. This is better. Like, you just get super sucked. Like, the drama is amazing. I just have to keep emphasizing that, mainly because I know they're coming out with a movie, and I'm just assuming it's going to be absolute trash. Like, <laughs> it's it just, it just, like, like the game is good enough. Like, don't, don't, root, like, there's no way you can accomplish what they did. They already, they casted Pedro Pascal as Joel, who is, like, if you just pl- play a clip of Joel saying anything, you'll be like, how is Pedro Pascal going to be? Like, Joel, Joel sounds like, like, Imagine an old country singer who's got a huge mustache and he's got one foot Sam on like Elliot? a barrel and he's chewing on like Sam a piece Elliot. of hay and he's like, hey. yeah, like, just like, like, and it's like, how is Pedro Pascal gonna be that guy? Like, what? I, I'm just picturing him in a big cowboy hat and me being sad. Like that's how I'm picturing the whole movie. Being like, all right, I know who that is. That's Pedro Pascal. Like, he's a, like good for him. He's a good actor, but. You need, like, that needs to be some just deeply southern man. Like, I'm sorry. It does. Like, Joel's whole thing, like, his voice is, like, what carries his, he's, like, a, this really raspy, deep voice. And I'm like, that's Joel. Like, you know? And I'm like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Anyways, sorry. Okay, off my soapbox. That's what I'd recommend for stories. If you want to get, get into a good story, play the first one first. And then the second one after that. And give yourself some time to rage. Okay. Uh, what were the categories again? I'm sorry. I'm you don't have to do all of them. I don't. Okay. Uh, I, I could barely think of all of them. Driven, multiplayer, and uh, branded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Multiplayer wise, obviously, I'm very, very into Smash. Um, it was an avid Smasher. Yes. Uh, actually, the first time I played, I think, was here at this house. So. <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'd recommend that one if you haven't played it. What are you doing? Um, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I mean, other than that, I'd say I have a lot of fun watching Apex. Uh, I've never actually played. Pretty fun. Yeah, um, because I spend all of my time doing lots of other things. Um, but... Probably good. <laughs> Not to say that video games are lame, but just uh, I'm better than you. Um, <laughs> Classic. No, um, and then. Incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> again, again, um, uh, I think. A really good game to play is Feral. Um, no, it's not just a furry game, but yes, I do enjoy it because of that. Um, <laughs> Have you seen uh, Biomutants? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely Sonic recommend Adventure that. 2 Battle, the greatest game that's ever been made. That game is stellar. You. Amazing game. <laughs> but uh, but Feral's a good game if you like uh, hunter-gatherer games. But if you like Breath of the Wild, you should enjoy Feral, um, unless you're only into Breath of the Wild for the combat. <laughs> and then I want to say, hmm, what were the other ones mechanics mechanics-wise? I don't know. Theme games. Uh, I would say, I don't know. What's that? That 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 uh that. Lion King for the SNES. No. <laughs> yeah, the the uh the, there's Somewhere. a there's a Harry Potter game that's like on an Absimo game and it's it's literally oh, the, uh, the the one that's like Pokemon Go. It's kind of like Wizards that. Unite. It's no, 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 wait. Wizards Unite. It was it's Solid. it's no, it's literally like you are a student at Hogwarts and you're going around and you're finding these different things to do and whatever decisions you make affect your. Effect. Seems like they can make yeah, a really cool like open, open world. <laughs> 
you know, wizard. Yeah, they did thing. an ARG. Yeah. I know they did. I, I, yeah, it's called Wizards Unite. I'm pretty sure. Did an ARG. I know because my mom, my mom played one version of the game, and she was like, "It's kind of like Pokemon Go." And then I played a different game. I played a different game. And I was like, "Is this what you're talking about?" Sure She's like, "No, lot. it's something else." I'm sure there are a lot of different Harry Potter mobile games. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> one of my favorite memes is. You know the Skyrim meme Hogwarts where Hogwarts a mystery. Well, they'll, where they'll just they'll show something and they'll be like speech one hundred, mm. right? Um, there's one where it's a scene from a PS one Harry Potter game mm-hmm. which had horrendous graphics, God. and it's it's Malfoy saying "Nice scarf, Potter. Did your mother knit it for you?" And it's his face like it's the the world's worst <laughs> rendered face, and it just says "Destruction one hundred. <laughs> like <laughs> what? Potter. <laughs> No, I... Did your mother knit it for you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Uh, and then uh, story games, I would recommend Arcana. It's uh, it's another it's another one of those like romance app you go through the story kind of games. I don't know. I think it has a really dynamic story as far as far as like as far as you can get with vampire werewolf story. Hmm. Um, like Twilight. I, I think it does it really well. <laughs> Still a better movie than Twilight. It is. It is so much better than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that first movie. I, so I thought of two. I thought of three really good multiplayer. So if you're looking for like get together with some friends and play multiplayer, I thought of three really good ones that are all super cheap and super fun. And Mario Party one, two, and three. Great. Oh dear God, please no. <laughs> you know what are you waiting for? Do it now. We played. So we played. Uh, we played some Mario Party, and boy, if that isn't the game, isn't the the essence of like flip a coin to see who wins. It's so bad. It's so fr- it's so frustrating to play. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it's kind of like delightful in how ag- aggressively horrible it is. It did exactly what it needed to do. We were having drinks and smoking cigars yeah. and just like raging at the TV. Yeah, it's exactly. Hilarious. And that was fun. But uh, three games. So Lethal League, which I think the, the current one is Lethal League Blaze. It's uh, competitive baseball. So you, you all have baseball bats and you're hitting a ball around. And if you hit someone else with the ball, they get exploded. It's amazing. Um, it's got a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, so it's, it's essentially a fighting game, but it's not a fighting game. And you can, like, tweak it so it's, like... Dodge face and while you're dodging. And when you get up to a certain <laughs> speed, so, like, hit it, and it'll freeze time and be like... And then just... It's it's amazing. Duck game. Which, oh, yeah. Did you know Adult Swim makes a lot of... Like, there's a... Like, Adult Swim Cartoon Network. They yes. make a lot of games, and they're all, like, pretty decent. Yeah. They're a pretty good game studio. This is one of the games they made, where you're just a bunch of ducks, and you spawn in an arena, and you gotta grab a gun and kill the other ducks. That's it. Nice. Uh, it's really fun, really fast, super silly, and it's a dedicated quack button. So that's, that's <laughs> all you know about Amazing. That. And then finally, um, Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yes, yes. I was, is, I was oh hoping you mentioned it because it, Ultimate Chicken it is. Horse it was so much fun. It is like a competitive, cooperative, platforming game okay. where it spawns you at one end of, a, of an arena and there's like an end goal at the other end, and then you all get to pick a building piece and you have to put it together so that you can get to the end flag, but you only score points if not everybody makes it. So you're trying to make it, yeah, yeah. So I played this with Nathaniel, and so you're trying to build a course that is essentially tough to get through, so it's but, but still doable, you right? Do it. You don't want to be a troll, and you can be a troll, right? It's and all of a sudden, fun. all of a sudden, you put like a bomb on one of the platforms that you have to step on, and so everybody's <laughs> like, "Well, now we can't get past." So then everybody's using their building pieces because basically you run through it, and then like so like the first time you do it, everybody just dies instantly, right? Nobody yeah. can make it to the flag, and or then after that, makes after that first one, everybody gets one piece. And then everybody gets a second piece. So after every single time you either get to the flag or die, because it's very quick, you get to place another piece. 
And so the map looks absurd by the end because some people every time. some people are going, well, this is too hard. And some people are going, this is too easy. And so you're just getting these walls <laughs> next to walls, and like there's this ridiculous. And by the end, it's just it's just a mess. And you're somehow somebody's squeaking through and getting past all like the hacksaws and the guns. It sounds amazing. And the Canadian robot, which fires hockey pucks that kill you. Yeah, it, it's 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 hilarious, honestly. And like the characters are all just these different like adorable sheep like, and like, like and fluffy animals. And, and, and of course you have a dedicated dance button. Yeah. And they'll make a little noise like and doing like the, the squirrel like jumps rope with her tail. It's really adorable. And which is kind of funny when they die horribly. Um, yeah, because then they'll get solved. It's not like gruesome. They just go and, and like fall down with X's on, on okay. their eyes. It's not no um, happy tree friends. No, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a great not, game. Though. It's not gruesome, but it is really fun. It's very replayable because it's one of those things you just get together and you just—it's just really fun to play. And and there's not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot that beyond a certain point, like personal skills, not going to matter that much. There's there's usually not a huge gap between who's playing. Like once you get a hang of the controls, it's a platformer. So you like you run and you jump. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like it's a, a, a exploited. To its fullest potential, yeah, the, human, it's really, the human mind. That's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, so those are our recommendations. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So, and all of these games, we can guarantee, are... <laughs> yes. Um, this is getting out of hand. Uh, all right, so that's, that's going to be it for us for uh, this week. Um, so if you guys want to tell us, you know, what are your favorite games, and, you know, you can put them in. Obviously, there's, like, overlap in those categories. But, you know, tell us what, what games do you really like. We'll have to do ones on games that are terrible at some point. That'd be The fun. worst games ever. That'd be fun. So, you know, what are some games you really like? You know, games where you go back and you're like, oh, dang. It is really funny, especially PC games where you're like, did you guys not understand how to use a keyboard? <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> WASD to move. Like, you're just like, I need to rebind every single key. <laughs> but yeah, so so hit us up uh, dearlydebated at gmail.com uh, or tweet us at dearlydebated. You can find me at Holy Golem and also uh, Greg and our cooking channel, The Kitchen Chemist. So on YouTube, uh, we're pumping out that that good good. That's right. Um, Greg, when can people find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook at Chapter One Films. Uh, email me Greg at Chapter One Films biz. Find my website Chapter One Films biz if you need video work. Yeah, that's uh, the, you can find me on Instagram, I guess, if I'm ever on there. Chapter underscore one cha- underscore films. One is always spelled out, by the way. Nice. Yep. Uh, you can find me. Well, you can find my art stuff. I mean, that's pretty much all I have at this point. Um, you can find me at Melody Morning Do Art on Instagram. Sorry, you want to say that again a little bit slower? Yes. Um, you can find my art stuff, Mel- Melody Morning Do Art on Instagram. I- I'm pretty much found anywhere else uh, at the same handle, but it's Mel Morning Do on Twitter, Mel Morning Do on, um, on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yes, D E W. Does, um, Mel Morning does. <laughs> Mel Morning do what Mel Morning does. Yes, because um, I'm Spider-Man. And... God speak, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but that's it. Well, we're happy you joined us. It was fun. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> yes! Yes! It's incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Bye. <laughs> He's out of control. <laughs> we need to. I need to have a button that just says "stay on target." For us, but stay on target. No, see the thing is, I already have one. It's time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but you control it exactly. Um. <laughs>
Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.